Welcome to the American Warrior Festival podcast, a celebration of our troops, veterans, and American way of life. I'm your host, Dan Clore. Hello, American Warrior Festival family. I am your host, Dan Clore. And today we have a very special episode here for episode four. We are going to be going through our American Warrior Festival State of the Union. And we have a special guest here today. We're going to bring him out from behind the shadows. Our uh, producer extraordinaire, Mr. Don T. Pena. Hey, Don, come out and tell the people, uh, say hello. Tell them who you are. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the American Warrior Festival podcast. We, we're glad that you guys are enjoying it. We're doing our best to give you guys a great product, and I'm happy to uh, join my buddy Dan here to give you guys some info on uh, just pretty much what's going on in the state of our American Warrior Festival podcast. Yeah, we have a lot of exciting things going on here. Um, and, you know, I just want to, first off, I want to just tell everyone that, that Don's been doing an amazing job with this podcast, putting in a ton of hours behind the scenes to, to make us make us sound good here. You know, the, the guy's staying up, put, putting in a lot of hours late into the night. So uh, let's give him a round of applause for that, Don. Good job, man. Thank you, sir. Yeah. It's all, it's all for the cause. We're just trying to, you know, everybody's trying to do our part, trying to make it entertaining for everybody. You know, talk a little crap along the way. You know, but, <laughs> of uh, course. That's natural. Uh, so let's kick it off. What's the first thing on the docket here, Don, for our State of the Union? Well, uh, I think we got, uh, you know, I guess what's up going on with the uh, live events and uh, concerts, etc. What do we got going on there? Okay, well, we just got some news. Um, unfortunate news overall. Uh, as many of you know from the last episode, we put a note that the American Warrior Festival was not going to be able to be present at the uh, Gettysburg Battlefield Bash down in Gettysburg which was going to run from July 24th to 26th. Now, we just saw yesterday in a post that the Gettysburg uh, Battlefield Bash as a whole is being canceled. So we're sorry to hear that. They're good people over there with that event. Um, you know, t times are tough. Things are spiking again there. And uh, I think with the local Pennsylvania government, they figured and decided that it's not the best idea. Uh, with the hotel, the Wyndham, they're working with them. So I think collectively they just decided that it's really not worth uh, going through all of that with the COVID cases spiking and whatnot. That, I mean, things are getting canceled all the time. And it's just like, right when we think, okay, cool. We got, we're going to have this event. We're going to have this and like, not just us, but I think, you know, across the country and all of a sudden it just gets pulled out from under you. It's, it's crazy right now. Yeah, that That's true. And that's the challenging thing too. Like the game has changed with live events right now. Um, I mean, they, they can almost be not just week to week, but almost day to day, you know, Don, like it's, Oh, I, oh yeah. The second wave coming or, you know, it's, it's really throwing everybody like even more so for a loop than, than it was before. We're, right. So all we can really do at this point is stay the course. And like we said, in episode one, constantly adapt and overcome to the, to the situations at hand. So we are going to aim to do our own thing in Gettysburg in 2021, 2022 latest. We, we are going to do the American Warrior Festival Gettysburg, and we're going to do it upright. So, you know, just stay tuned for that, because that is the first step in our Battlefield uh, concert series, which also includes Pearl Harbor, Normandy, and more to come later. So that's what's going on in Gettysburg. Now, 
out here in our neck of the woods in New York, in uh, Western New York specifically, we do have uh, right now the August 15th American Warrior Festival, which originally had Weapon X slated to play uh, our first Western New York show since 2017. Um, I spoke with the uh, Montage Music Hall, my good buddy, owner, Randy Peck, about that event. And uh, that one is still on as of now. Uh, but we do have some restrictions to report uh, that the New York State government has uh, passed down. Uh, the Montage Music Hall normally averages 300 people uh, capacity. That's the capacity there. That has been cut down to 100, so that is substantial. Uh, face yeah. masks will be required to be worn by all patrons and including the musicians minus the vocalist. Now, I mean, obviously, <laughs> yeah, right? Unless, I mean, unless you're Corey Taylor on Slipknot. Yeah, I, 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 I was going to say, <laughs> yeah, yeah, There's right? There's a handful of bands that can pull off the face mask, you know, gore, uh, you know, Slipknot, uh, Mudvayne, but uh, I think every other genre... I don't really think they use uh, face masks. Yeah, that's a good point, man. If you're Guar and uh, you're Odorous Amongus, well, did, I'm, right. I think he, he might have passed away, didn't he? Rest in peace if he oh, did. Oh, that's but, right. Yeah, yeah. But uh, whoever else is fronting Guar, uh, and God forbid if you're one of those people in the first 20 rows, because I think you know what happens oh, at a Guar concert. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you're going to get painted. <laughs> exactly. So... But anyway, yeah. So, uh, but, you know, it's funny though. Even even uh, even for regular musicians, like I mean, you know, the, the instrumentalists, like even if they're not singing, that's still. I mean, you know, being on stage and performing, you know, trying to breathe when you're trying to put everything out there, that's still going to be a challenge for for every oh. musician. So I, you know, it's definitely going to be like we said, it's going to be a challenge. But you know, everybody who steps up and is able to get through it, you know, I will commend them for it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and bands, you know, bands have different views about that. Um, there, there's bands that kind of are in the boat where they're like, hey, you know, this is what it is. Let's pound through. Let's go. And there's other bands are just like, you know, this isn't really my thing. Um, I, I don't want to compromise the performance or I don't want to wear a mask. It's just something I don't want to do. Um, not only the, the mask situation. Um, but also what, what's going to happen with the crowd. And I, I guess we can wait yeah. to get on that for a bit. So, I mean, I can see a band's point of view on both ends. Um, you know, every, everyone has to make their own decision, but I'm with you. I do commend the ba the bands that uh, are going to go through anyways and, and make it happen. And I don't hold anything against the bands that don't. So I'm kind of, I understand exactly. both camps. Exactly. And at this point, I mean, we're not even sure that we will get the event. You know, August 15th seems a bit away given the circumstances, you know, in a normal situation to be like, Oh, it's only a you know month and a half away or whatever, you know, but given the way things are rolling right now, like with everything, you know, the day to day changes, I mean, it, it's, it's just really hard to say. That's, that's true too. And let's talk about, you know, we're just thinking about show day. Think about, you know, the yeah. bands maybe know, knowing that the shows are up in the air uh, and maybe they have busy schedules or things are kind of compromised on their end and, and they're having a hard time getting together for rehearsal. Yeah, so you got to factor that in as well. So no, absolutely. Uh, now, getting back to some other restrictions for the uh, venue, the montage on August fifteenth, there will be instead of uh, standing up in you know the usual pit situation or you know mm -hmm. shoulder to shoulder, uh, sweating there next to your fellow metalhead, 
there is going to be seating and I'd imagine, you know, seating is six feet apart. You can go up and get a beer, come back to your chair and drink your beer somehow around your mask. I know that's not very metal, but it's a sign of the times. And uh, <laughs> what are we going to do? Right, Don? I mean, exactly. what options do we have there? I mean, I, I look at it this way. If, if we're able to have an event, that means that we're in a, a environment that's good enough uh, to have an event. You know, like that means that may, all protocols in that city or state have been, you know, it's, uh, there's not that many cases that they feel if they feel that people are able to have events and have any kind of outdoor activity, then that's a good thing. You know, that, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot worse when you think, well, it's, it's just it's too the spread is too high right now. The, the cases are too high. We just can't have any events then, that then we know exactly, you know where we're at it's like damn that just sucks so the fact that if, if we're able to even have the event it is a good sign it's a good thing so anything else that comes along with it it's just like well, like we've been saying we, we would just adapt and overcome to it and be happy that we can even have an event so and i think that's the way to look at it a positive mindset there you know some kind of normalcy where something's kept on the calendar and the event happens right i mean just that alone right there is a win. And, and I think, I think is just as society and, and human beings here, we, we have to think positive. We have to keep pushing through. We have to keep fighting for what, for what we want and, and uh, where we want to head. We just have to stay the course really when it comes down to it. Exactly. Uh, so, Oh, and there, there's one big thing here too, that we are waiting on. We, we did, this concert is so uh, a big, huge part of it is our partnership with the Warrior Brotherhood MC out of New York. Uh, you know, we had Tom Everett's on episode three. We did want to give the Veteran Motorcycle Club the information on what they would be working with, with the restrictions, and kind of let them uh, put the ball in their court and decide if that's something that they want to go through with. Um, I think it looks fairly positive. I think they're kind of thinking uh, of things the same way as we are, where, hey, we could still raise money for the organizations. We could still get a ride. We could still have some music. Hey, let's think positive and put it all together. I, I mean, I, I feel that we have a good chance that they're going to come back and say, yeah, you know, let's do it. But either way, we'll work with uh, whatever decision they give us. And, and that. so stay tuned for that, everyone, because that's something that's um, that we have our eye on closely. So, uh Don, uh, do you have anything on that, or do you want to move right on to Texas? No, I think we move right on to Texas. I was just going to say, uh, you know, any changes and any kind of updates, we'll definitely be letting people know, uh, you know, uh, through whether it's through YouTube or our Facebook, uh, you know, uh, obviously our, our website accounts. So definitely keep everybody updated as we uh, learn things. Yes, definitely. We'll, we'll, we'll be keeping people uh, updated on all the happenings and all the uh, news coming in in real time as close as possible. So uh, getting into Texas now, we have an interesting situation there. Uh, those dates are slated for Friday, September 25th in the Austin Pflugerville area and Saturday, September 26th uh, in San Antonio. Now, both of those shows are pretty much booked up entertainment wise and band wise. I think we're at 80% of uh, the roster is filled for the, for the night in each location. Um, but we just got word from the owners of those, the two venues, which is uh, Hanover's in Pflugerville, which is, like I said, the Austin area, and Fitzgerald's in San Antonio. Unfortunately, due to uh, 
the cases popping up in in Texas, the local Texas uh, state government has required all venues to close down again. So Hanover's and Fitzgerald's, I believe, were both open for just around a month or a little over a month. Kind of got things going again. And then in a heartbreaking situation, they had to close their doors again for the time being. So at this point, we're just supporting, you know, Eddie and Sharon, the owners of those two awesome establishments. You know, they've been great to us for the past couple of years. So we're just kind of in the boat with them and uh, and there to support them and, and stay tuned for what's to come in Texas. Yeah, absolutely. Just again, just another example of how things can change so rapidly. Yeah, I mean, it really is. You never know what's going to happen day to day. So, yeah, it's it's just kind of more uh, standby for more news there. Um, and, and then our Veterans Day shows that are slated to be in November in Los Angeles are, are just currently on hold right now. They're not they're not booked with a venue yet. That's really challenging to kind of do that in November at this point with all the news going on in the situation in California. Don, do you have any any local California news? You know, Don's out in California. I'm in New York. So uh, any any local California news would, is, uh, would be cool yeah. to pass on. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, as of this Friday, I believe they're going pretty much back to shutdown. I, they, we just reopened uh, about the same amount of time, about two, three weeks ago. They started to kind of reopen businesses and started to kind of loosen things up. And then cases flared up again pretty badly. Uh, and so now I believe up uh, this Friday, this coming Friday, they're... Uh, going back to shutting pretty much everything down again, like closing bars, closing uh, restaurants, only outside delivery. Uh, yeah, so it's it's kind of like kind of like uh, Texas. I mean, pretty much the same thing that some of the other states are going through. They're just like you know things are kind of flaring up again, and we got to go back to curfews and all that crazy stuff. So yeah, unfortunately, not good news. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, and at this point too, what do we? what can we really say? Right. And, and, and we also understand it's really not the, the platform for this. We understand that our, our country and a lot of people have different views about what's going on here. And we, we understand that, uh, you know, we're, we're simply delivering the news and what we have to work with, with venues and state governments. Right, Don? I mean, we're pretty much at the mercy of what goes on with the uh, decisions by government and, and what they kind of put out there for the local businesses and, and that affects us as promoters. Exactly. I mean, and it's, it, 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 so, I mean, it affects, it affects everybody. And, and, you know, we're, like you said, we're just trying to navigate through these waters to do what we can when we can to bring you guys uh, the entertainment uh, and, and the fun, which is what American Warrior Festival is, have always been about is, is celebrating our troops and bringing the best entertainment that we possibly can to you guys. So, and navigating through these waters is definitely uh, you challenging like it, like it is for everybody else. So our job is to just tell you guys what we can do, what, what we're trying to do, what we're planning to do. And then whatever changes happens, we just roll with those punches. Definitely. Well said, man. We just, we just roll with it and keep going. Keep putting one foot in front of the other. Uh, so we're going to stay on the topic of events, but we're going to do a little bit of a twist here with... Uh, getting into our firing range outings. Uh, now, what we have on the docket there is our, I just spoke with the GM of uh, the Firing Pin in Burgeon, New York, uh, one of our longtime sponsors, and uh, Josh and Patrick over there, and Brandon, the owner, obviously. Our event with the Firing Pin right now is on hold. They really can't 
do anything event wise where they have a, a you know massive amount of people or a good amount of people there. They kind of have their own restrictions as well in the firing firearms store realm, but it, it's kind of the same the same situation there. We can't have uh, people grouped together just like at a live concert. So we're just really working on building a program with them and getting everything in order. And as soon as we are able to release and have our firing range day, which will be you know, a good day out on the range with some live music and food trucks and uh, people food can trucks. go learn. What's that, buddy? Food trucks. Food ah. trucks, yeah. Can't, can't go wrong with live music, food trucks, and some range time at it. Come on. I mean, is that not the trifecta right there? I, I mean, is... what a day. Something oh. for everybody. So we'll we'll do something with them. Obviously, uh, so we'll get that that event back on the calendar as soon as we can. If it goes into 2021, we'll make the best of it. So just stand by. Um, in other good news, our sales rep extraordinaire, Daniel, want to give him a plug. Uh, Daniel Andriachi, this guy's doing a great job. Yeah, we actually got news that uh, we're planting some seeds with some local uh, firearms stores and ranges there in Nashville. And uh, as you know, we went to Nashville for the first time last year and were well-received. I mean, it's a music town. Tennessee is a military state. Kind of all makes sense for us. It's uh, two of our pillars. So, uh, you know, stay tuned for the locations and the businesses that we are going to be working with. We're basically planting the seeds. And like Don was saying, more live music, range time, food trucks, and great times. So, Nashville, Don, what do you think? Oh, yeah. Uh, just the three big, uh, you know, three big towns for music and entertainment has always been New York, Los Angeles, and of course Nashville. So definitely a great place to to get into and, and, and be a part of. So that'll be exciting when we get there. And all American Warriors strongholds, baby, we're represented well in each. So that's it's by design. It's also just by opportunity and and what what opportunities have uh, arisen for us. And I mean, as as everyone knows, American Warrior was officially born in Los Angeles. 2012 is that, is that is that a is that a bit of a a, a correlation between like the uh, triangle offense of uh, Phil Jackson there the Chicago Bulls and Lakers yeah that you know is what that, is, that, is that how that came about I like maybe, that maybe. reference well you know I'm into Sun Tzu and Zen you know all, all that all that mind power and uh it's so Phil. it is Phil I mean who doesn't love Phil Jackson's approach to the game and uh getting all those great components to work cohesively as one solid machine. And I like to say that uh, we're, we're in that blueprint or aiming to be in that, in that realm. What do you think, Don? Yeah. Using, using that triangle office, man, cor- you know, it is uh, cornering the countries, LA, New York, Nashville, man. It, it, it works for Phil Jackson. It'll work for us. I like where your head's at. I'm, I'm, I'm tracking with you, brother. I'm picking up what you're putting down. So, uh, well, well, hell, now so we're on the topic of sports. Uh, why don't you tell everybody what we got going on for uh, American Warrior Festival, its events, games? You know, we I, you, ever, you spoke about the Raiders, the Yankees, the LA Kings in the last few episodes, so let them know. All right, yeah, let's let's get into the sports world here. As most of you already know, and, and you will learn, American Warrior Festival uh, has is building pro- programs and events with the uh, Raiders, Yankees, and LA Kings. And we're also looking to get into the uh, MMA events and all that good stuff. Uh, so we have received word from our teams here. Um, let's start with the Yankees since we're in baseball season right now, or it's going to be kicking off soon. Uh, Don, I believe it's next week. 
baseball will be starting with um, televised games with, you know, no surprise, there won't be any fans in the stadiums. But we reached out to the Yankees and said, you know, what, what are we going to do here uh, about our, our luxury suites that we have booked for our American Warrior and Strength in Numbers events? And we came to the conclusion that the best case scenario is just to extend all of our resources into 2021 and, you know, just pick up where we left off next year. Um, obviously, we'll be developing and building our uh, our systems and our plans for our programs with the Yankees, Raiders, and Kings. But we'll be watching from home and uh, rooting on the Yankees here. And we'll be excited to come back strong in 2021. So uh, that's what's going on with the Major League Baseball situation. I mean, we had five games this year. We had four at Yankee yeah. Stadium. And then, Don, as you know, we had the one May 30th in, in Anaheim, which was the Yankees and Angels. And we talked to the Angels, and they did the same thing. They credited credited us for 2021, and we did say that it's going to be the Yankees and Angels series next year in Anaheim. So, you know, baseball, just like all the sports, is doing what they can, Don, to get going and, and keep moving themselves. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean... And baseball such a long season. I mean, I, I know they took a big hit. Oh, yeah. It, it, they basically lost 100 regular season games because uh, baseball is a 162-game season, and I believe they have 60 regular season games. So, yeah, I mean, they chopped, they had to chop 100 games off, wow. of their, off of their season, right? So That's, that's wild. It, it is, man. And there's already bets on which, which teams may not even get into double-digit wins. <laughs> Which is, that's sad for any team, you know. I don't personally oh, wish that on any team because that's that's tough. But there are a few teams, I'm not going to say any names, but there are a few out there that might uh, fall into that category. We know the Yankees are probably going to win the division and the World Series. But, uh, you know, as far as who's on the other side of the of the uh, column, I will leave that to Pachotti's Orioles. <laughs> uh, no, no, it's funny. Uh, I heard, and I don't know how true this is, but I heard a rumor. I know we're not, we don't have an NBA program yet with with uh, American War Festival, but uh, I heard, and I, again, I don't know how true this is that the NBA were doing something like with their season, they're starting, but they're they were thinking of only picking the playoff teams of their of of the league, and they were going to have a season with them, and they pretty much told basically all the sucky teams like, yeah, you you guys just stay home, don't worry about it. We're basically only going to run with the teams that won last year and have a like shortened season with those teams. Like how wild is that? Like how do you, can you imagine being like the, 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 the shitty team that doesn't get to even have a season because you, your, your league is like, no, no, you guys suck last year. Just stay home. Oh yeah. Yeah. It, and we'll, we'll get into hockey too. Cause we can, we can uh, talk about their arrangement as well. But are, are you talking about like uh not even the playoffs of wrapping up last year. They're talking about next year. Only the playoffs teams teams get to yeah, play. Yeah, like again, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how true that is. That's a rumor I heard. Oh I man, that would be brutal. Up on I know. I'm like God. I'm like, are they serious about actually doing that? Like that's just that's just hard, man. That's yeah, <laughs> that's. I mean, I understand because let, let's get into. Well, we'll we'll go into that when we talk about hockey, but we'll go on to um, football next here. Uh, now, with the Raiders, we're really waiting on word there to see what's going what's going to go on with the season in general and with fans in the stands. 
You know, so we're just kind of um, standing by for that. Now, Don, I know the NFL is something you watch and pay attention to very closely. So why don't you give our our, uh, listeners just some basics on what you're hearing about the NFL and what we can expect and um, just kind of any updates that you could pass on. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, first and foremost, there's not a lot of concrete decisions that the NFL has came out and, and officially said. Uh, a lot of rumor, a lot of uh, kind of up in the air information, but we do know a few things. And one of the one of the main things is some of you might have known if you're an NFL fan. Uh, the first cancellation was the Hall of Fame game. Uh, you know, we usually get the Hall of Fame game right before preseason, like that. It's basically the first preseason game. You know, uh, a week before week one of preseason is the Hall of Fame game. Uh, that so that's been canceled. They completely got rid of that. Um, they, they've actually cut two preseason games out. So two preseason games are out. And the weird thing about that is it's not the first two games or the last two games. It's actually week one preseason and week four preseason. Uh, now, That's the reason they did... Yeah, I thought it was funny too, but they actually have a pretty good uh, reason, logical reason. They figured uh, the reason why they cut week one was because they wanted to give NFL teams and players more time in training camp because of the situation. So they wanted to give them more time to prepare, more time to be physically ready and all that. So they cut week one. Then they cut week four because they literally said it's basically useless. <laughs> They're yeah. like, none of, the, none of the starters play like, you know, and so I thought that was kind of funny from the NFL that they were like, yeah, it's pretty much the most useless game of the preseason. So we cut that one. Now, I'm sure the, the practice squad guys and the uh, undrafted free agents would have a different opinion about that. But <laughs> sure thing. Yeah, because that last week is. How many times you've seen someone return an 80-yard punt and it's the thing that pushes it over the edge and puts them on the team, you know? like Oh, oh yeah, man. The, getting those last couple of spots on that 53-man or even just the practice squad, like, you know, those guys wait for that game. So so that's harsh. But, yeah, so we're getting week two of preseason and week three. Uh, that's going to happen. Um, most, I believe, most if not all NFL teams uh, in their stadiums, they're going to tarp off the – top six to eight rows of seats if they're going to have it because even that so uh they're still not 100 percent sure that they're going to have fans yet uh they haven't made a decision one way or the other they're leaning towards having a uh limited amount of fans um they're trying to do as much as they can with protocol and, and they're trying to decide with medical experts the best course to try to make that happen whether it's through testing like everybody coming in the door uh they're thinking about possibly making fans who do attend sign waivers, um, you know. But again, one of the things they are saying that they're going to do no matter what is tarp off uh, the top six to eight rows of every stadium. Um, so even then, it'll be a limited amount of fans. Um, you know, so again, all of this, though, is still up in the air. These are just ideas that the NFL is, is talking about. No one's actually said, this is, okay, this is going to happen. However, the NFL is optimistic about having the season. Uh, week one regular season is still on schedule to happen. They have not canceled that. They're saying it's going to happen. Many believe that the NFL will go through with the schedule um, almost no matter what, simply because the the money and all that. So uh, there, that's a lot of the belief in in, in the NFL Sports Center NFL Network. Um, uh, I mean, it, it is it is tough. It's just it's really tough to say, you know, because. The NFL hasn't came out and really officially made an announcement. Um, players have been pretty quiet about it, but they're all optimistic and they're still training. So, um, 
Now, one of the newest things we heard this week was twenty eight hundred players were tested. Uh, Out of that twenty eight hundred, seventy two players tested positive uh, for the coronavirus. So that's two point five percent of the players, um, which kind of sucks for us because everybody was like, "Yeah, we're looking good. We're going to get a season." And then we have a, a, a report like that come out, which every, everybody's kind of backtracking. They don't know what they're, you know, it makes it look like we're maybe not going to have a season. So, but again, the NFL has not made anything official. They're still saying they still have ske- a week one on the schedule. So uh, at least from that standpoint, it's it's uh, looking good that they're optimistic about it. And they're in the same boat as pretty much everyone else, right? I mean, they're waiting for news to come out. What? with the government and the state government and the federal government will allow them to do, uh, you know, they're, they're a private business, right? Or yeah, exactly. yeah. NFL is a private business. So yeah, they're trying to do business as usual. You know, we obviously understand everyone's trying to live life um, as regular as they can and, and have their day-to-day things happen, but they're kind of just uh waiting word as well. And, and I think probably taking it one day and week at a time, but they have to keep, the schedule going and plan as if there's going to be a game, right? I mean, that's really what they have to well, do as professionals. And, and that's what they're doing. I mean, they, again, week one is, is still on the schedule. Houston versus, you know, Houston, Texas versus Kansas City. Uh, my Chiefs, uh, week one <laughs> is still on the schedule. Uh, now, a couple of things that they're doing as far as protocol, uh, like they're testing, they're, they're talking right now about testing every single day. Uh, not only players, wow. but staff, coaches, trainers, Anybody who comes in that facility, uh, they, they want to tr- uh, do testing every single day. And then if things are looking okay, they want to spread it to at least once a week. Uh, that's one of the protocols. Top of Another protocol is uh, rearranging locker rooms uh, to uh, fit social distancing. Uh, so I, I would assume they have every player six feet away, you know, away from each other in their locker, which I don't know how you do that in a locker room, but, you know, that the NFL is going to try to figure that out. Um now, here's a really cool thing that I found out and I thought was kind of interesting. Uh, the sunglass company, Oakley, are working with the NFL and the NFLPA and medical uh, experts to create a new style helmet uh, that has a visor and a mouth shield that comes down over uh, under the uh, guard, under the rail, but uh, behind it. And then it's like a mouth guard. So uh, almost like a, the way we wear masks out in public, you know, we wear our little medical masks. They're trying to develop this kind of screen that covers the mouth of the players um, in the helmet. So that's inter- That's pretty interesting. Oh, that is cool. Um, that's really neat. Now, they're already saying uh, there's been players that are opposed to it, some players that are you know uh, open to it. Um, but I can see how it can cause a problem because if you've ever worn uh, sunglasses while wearing your mask, it fogs up really quickly, you know? Yeah. So that, that, and that's a concern with some players that they're like, you know, when you have a visor, since there's not, there's nothing on the bottom of your nose or your mouth when you breathe, the air just goes through it so the visor doesn't get fogged up. In this case, there would be. There would be that shield there. So now you're breathing and they might fog up your, your visor and now you can't see. And that could be potentially dangerous. So uh, they're looking at that and they're trying it. And if it works, they're going to go with it. If it's, if it's not, then, you know, but I thought it was interesting. I'm like, well, wow, that's a pretty, pretty innovative uh, way to try to do things. Um, so we'll see, we'll see what happens. If they can make it work, if they can make it where uh, the players can see and it's not, it doesn't uh, mess up, you know, visibility, then that's kind of a cool thing that, that Oakley's trying to do. 
Yeah, that'll be really interesting to see how that plays out. All the uh, innovation that's going on with the equipment companies. And I mean, just companies being uh, innovating, having to innovate with the way they do day-to-day business, you know, with all, everyone working remotely now. I think, you know, as things kind of subside here, I think companies are going to have a bunch of new ways to run things, you know, like how much office space are they going to keep after seeing that they might even have more success when some of their workers are working remotely, you know, uh, that's been a topic I've talked with some local, um, or with some employees about, Hey, I've been, I've been more productive working from home. And since this, uh, pandemic hit, we've tried things differently. And obviously, you know, talking about Oakley, it's more equipment and, you know, uh, inventing different kinds of gear, to get through the situation, but I think there's a lot of creation and innovation going on during this time. Oh, absolutely. And, and if, if there anybody in the NFL is listening, man, look, I got a great idea for how you guys can have the season and have fans, man. I've been saying this for weeks. All right, check it out. Here's my, here's my idea. Oh boy. <laughs> get out your so pen and Dan paper. Knows. Oh yeah. NFL, if you're listening, all right, I'll, I'll take 2%. All right. Hmm. Um, Dan, Dan knows we talked about uh, in the past about possibly getting into virtual reality, uh, and, and uh, there's companies uh, like um, the Oculus Rift and, and uh, Google. Uh, what is it? Google VR right? or Samsung VR? Now imagine if you walked up to a stadium. So you're not going to have fans in the stadium, but imagine if you bought a ticket to an NFL game. You walk up, you get your ticket, and the NFL person or ticket person hands you a like uh, a visor, uh, one of those headsets. You go back to your car where you park, you know, because people tailgate, so there's always room back there, right? You got your parking spaces that you pay for. You take your headset with all you and your family. Everybody has one. You go back, you put that on, and you watch the game virtually from the parking lot, from the safety of your car. You're away from other fans, and they get to sell tickets, and they get to sell beer. They could have concession people going through the parking lot selling beer like if it was inside the stadium, which they do anyway at most sub-stadiums. Um... And, and problem solved. They could do a virtual game with virtual fans that are in the parking lot, socially distancing away from each other. They get to sell tickets, and the fans get to see the game pretty much live through a virtual reality kind of, I mean, a, a live, you know, screen on their, on their uh, Oculus Rift or, or Samsung Gear VR uh, helmet. That's just one. That's, that's the one idea. I don't know how expensive that would be, but I think that would be crazy and awesome. Well, <laughs> in virtual reality, man, it's just, I mean, we've talked about all the things that are coming down the the pipe well, with that, you know, it's, let, let me, let me, cl- let me clarify that though. Like when I say virtual reality, that's just a technology. The game itself will not be virtual reality. You'll actually see it. Like if you're watching TV, it'll just be in your virtual reality headset. Uh, you know? So it, right it, it, it's not like the, it's not like the players are like c- cartoon graphics. They're not like, it, it's like you're literally looking at the players but it's like uh, they call it like 360 technology. So you can be staring at a screen when you put a VR headset on and you're looking at a real time um, video, you can turn your head and you can see what's next to you and you can turn the other way and you can see what's next. And it's not, you know, it's the actual footage of the game. It's, it's insane. The technology is crazy. So it would, it would make the fans feel like they're actually sitting in their seat because they can look back and forth and up and down and see the entire stadium. Uh, but they're actually in their car, wow. so it's wild. Man. That is that and is now, pretty that is pretty wild, man. It, I mean, they it, do it. it's they exciting to see it. what's like, co- what's going to happen with that in the future with live concerts and and you know sports and everything else event driven. Yeah. So, so, 
So NFL, if you're listening, man, get on the virtual <laughs> reality. Uh, I'll take, like I said, I'll only take two percent of the idea. You know? <laughs> <laughs> nice, man. That's a great deal. Uh, so let's finish up with our our uh, LA Kings here in the NHL. They actually have an interesting situation going on. Uh, unfortunately, the Kings did not make the playoffs this year, so they will be staying home. But there is an exhibition schedule that is slated to start on July 28th and is going to run just until July 30th. And then the playoffs are set to kick off on August 1st. So what they basically did was they had a system to, uh, I'm not sure what the protocol was, but they had the, the points in each division and they selected the teams that are going to be in the playoffs and now they're finishing up the 2019-2020 season. They're aiming to finish it uh, starting um, August 1st is when the playoffs are officially going to kick off. So that's going to be interesting. And then I haven't heard too much yet about what's going to happen with the 2020 and 21 season. So we'll stand by. As everyone knows, our uh, LA Kings event that we were looking to do in March, we had to uh, unfortunately cancel because of that was right at the beginning of all this stuff. So uh, we'll get back on the horse there, and you can expect some uh, LA Kings action at Staples Center in the suites with some, uh, you know, concerts wrapped around the uh, game. So that's what's going on with uh, hockey. And now, Don, let's let's uh, finish up with the sports stuff by talking about what's going on in the world of MMA and uh, how is uh, Dana White, the UFC, and just MMA in general navigated these waters and hosted their events. Well, I definitely, I think, uh, you know, the UFC are the pioneers and the, you know, just like, like in the entire MMA world, they're, they are the Super Bowl NFL of, of the MMA world and everybody kind of follows what they're doing and Bellator included. Um, but the way they've been doing it, uh, you know, they, they started their events, their, uh, no, they were the first, one of the first, if not the first sporting event to have like no fans. Uh, and it's interesting, but it's not, uh, you know, so they have, testing and they've been testing all of their play all of their fighters all of the trainers no fans in the stadiums um and so it's almost like if you've ever watched the ultimate fighter series it's like that it's it, it's literally like that where it sounds you can hear all the punches and you can hear the grunts and right know, and it's just silent and it's it's kind of if you've never seen it before like if you've never seen the ultimate fighter show when you see an event like that it seems weird like wow this is so creepy but I, I used to watch the show, so I'm kind of used to it. It just it just seems like an Ultimate Fighter uh, episode, you know, really, just on a, in a bigger building. Um, and they're 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 starting to tighten up on their uh, testing protocols. Um, now they have what they're calling Fight Island in Abu Abu Dhabi, and right. they're having I believe the the this whole month they're they're slated for four events just over there uh, on this so called Fight Island. Um, and what it, they're interesting, what the UFC is doing, they're actually having like if you're in uh, like in the states, uh, they're having people fly. If you're like from LA or Texas uh, area, like you'd fly to Vegas, and then from Vegas, the UFC charters a plane for those fighters and their trainers and their staff to Abu Dhabi. And then if you're in um, uh, like if you're in Europe. Uh, it's, they, they, they're having everybody meet in, I believe they've had them fly down to Florida or, and then they, then they charter them out. It's, it's, so they, they have like, basically they have hub centers of, of, uh, airports where they're just, depending on where you're at, where you're, where you are in the, in the world, 
they have you go to one location and you, you, you get tested there. Before you board the plane, you have to get tested there. Um, like it, you, like you're tested in Vegas uh, before you get to get on the plane to go to the event. And that's what they're doing with every country for every fighter. You go to one area, uh, one city in that airport, you get tested. Once you're cleared, you get to board the plane and then you get chartered over to Abu Dhabi. Um, and I believe, you know, as far as Bellator, I don't think they're doing it that uh, extensively. They're just doing the testing and they're having it with no fans uh, and they're putting on their events. Uh, similar to the UFC, just, you know, uh, a fight with just the trainers, the referee, the, the judges, and no fans. Um, and so, so far, they've yeah. been pretty successful. So they are really taking every precaution that they reasonably can, right? I mean, with pulling these events off. Yeah, and keep in mind, I mean, MMA, like golf, like uh, tennis, it's different than the NBA, than, than hockey, than the NFL. Because, right. and, that, and, the, and part of the reason why they're able to pull off these events is because the limited amount of people involved in their sport. You know, fight MMA, obviously, it's just really two guys fighting. It's two, you know, you got two guys in a ring, in, in an octagon, whatever, and a referee, and then everybody, and then like the staff and all that. In the NFL, in the NBA, you got a roster of players. And then factor all the coaches and trainers, you know, for all those players. So just the numbers are, are, are a lot bigger. So I think that's why for, for MMA, it, they, it's a little easier for them to navigate these waters because they have less people involved with the activity itself. Um, and so they're making it work. Less bodies, less humans to work with and test, right? It just really comes exactly. down to that. Just exactly it's not as crowded exactly that's why like golf golf you know uh you know been able to have a couple of tournaments over the last few weeks you know uh once again you saw my quarterback patrick mahomes uh in that celebrity tournament uh but again golf is same thing like another MMA. shameless mahomes plug <laughs> absolutely uh it's just le less bodies and so it's a little easier for them um you know the nfl the nba and hockey have a a much much uh harder task at hand to try to get uh pretty much anything off the ground so we you know we can't wait to get back on the horse here with our sporting events and um you know we're looking to 2021 to do that we're going to stay on it and do everything that we possibly can and uh, adjust to our situation so uh don what do we have here last on the docket uh, so, I mean, what do we got? Well, we want, I mean, you know, I guess let the people know how we're going to be, you know, focusing on with the podcast and uh, and what else we got going on with American Warrior Festival just moving forward. Okay. Well, this is what we've been up to. Um, obviously, as you know, right, right now, this year podcast, we've really taken this time uh, since our events have been postponed and canceled we've put together this podcast and uh, we think it's really going well so far. We're really excited about the work we've done and, and where we're headed. And uh, Don, why don't you talk a little bit more about the podcast and some of the things that we want to accomplish and where we're headed. Uh, well, like we've been saying throughout uh, today's episode is, you know, stay tuned, man. I mean, you guys, if you want to know what's going on with American Warrior Festival, we will have an episode for you every single week. At least one, sometimes two. Like you guys got that bonus episode a couple of weeks ago for Fourth uh, of July. Uh, so anytime we have an event like that, a holiday, we may throw an extra special bonus episode at you. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, stay tuned. We will have 
everything about American Warrior Festival, the events, and everything we're doing on this podcast. We have uh, guests that we love to bring on that are involved with American Warrior, uh, you know, news, and we just want to grow this as much as we can. Obviously, as many of you know, we are on all the major streaming platforms, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Um, soon we'll be on Pandora, um, a few others, and, um, and maybe in about a month or so we'll be on Pandora. We sh- we're on uh, Alexa. Uh, uh, you know, we're on that platform as well. You can tell if you have an Alexa device, you can simply tell Alexa, you know, hey, Alexa, play me American Warrior Festival podcast, and she should be able to find it. If she does, you tell her, come talk to me. <laughs> yeah, listen here, Alexa. Yeah, I, we have it working now. Every time I've tried it recently, uh, I do notice it might default to the last episode that you've been listening to, but I think you could probably specify and pick a different episode. But uh, I mean, that happens with other podcasts that I listen to as well. I know. Uh, a- actually, there is a way around that. Okay. What um, is that? There. So there's, a, there's something called um, uh, pod... Um, pod file i believe it's called um on um on google or on alexa it's like a, a, a pod tool sorry there we go my, my mind was going for a second there uh so there's something called pod tool on alexa it's, it's already like um, attached to it if, if you don't have it installed you can simply tell alexa hey alexa install pod tool and then it'll do it for you and then right after she uh loads that for you then you can simply tell her, Alexa, play me American Warrior Festival podcast on Pod Tool episode two, and it should go right to it. Or episode three, it should. It's it's this new app. Oh, that that's they, really helpful. Uh, because, yeah, that they made for yeah. Alexa to specify uh, episodes and and where you're. Because again, a lot of people have had that problem with Alexa when you're trying to listen to a podcast. It's very general. Uh, so if you use the Pod Tool in Alexa it'll be very specific to what you want. So, but you just got to add, you got to tell Alexa, Alexa, uh, play me American Warfare Festival podcast on pod tool. And if you were listening to episode three, it'll, it's supposed to continue to get you at episode three where you left off. So. Okay. Well, that's a great tool on Alexa there to get to our podcast. And uh, yeah, we're going to keep improving and bringing you new episodes. We have a bunch of exciting new episodes coming up, such as the, uh, the American Warrior Festival music episode. Obviously, you know, music is our uh, foundation and our number one pillar. So we're going to start providing more music for you. Uh, We have some really exciting podcast episodes coming up, such as our recruiter and drill instructor episode, which is just going to be awesome and hilarious at the same time. You're going to have a drill instructor barking in in your ear here soon on the American Warrior Festival podcast. So uh, some exciting things coming up. So uh, just stay tuned. Like Don said, we'll be here every week. Uh, another big... Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Don. So, no, yeah. Actually, I just wanted to uh, add something here. Uh, also, we, we talked about, uh, you know, we've been talking about future dates and events and stuff in 2021 and, and, and beyond. Now, eventually, part of the goal, one of the main goals of the podcast is we will be in studio, like uh, live-ish in studio. So at some point... Uh, for those of you watching on YouTube, we will actually be in studio, you know, with the camera on. You'll be able to see Dan's mug, you know. Uh, so that that is also part of the goal of American Warrior Festival to have live uh, footage in studio, uh, you know, for for your viewing pleasure. So stay tuned for that. And as soon as we can make that happen, we will definitely be 
uh, going with that format as well. Yeah, that's going to be exciting. And another thing that we can't forget, we might as well put it in right here, is uh, Don and I are going to be bringing to you uh, an option to be a patron through Patreon. Uh, you know, right now you can subscribe for free, and, and we appreciate everyone that subscribes. If you become an official patron, then we are going to add some perks such as uh, some behind-the-scenes content, um, discounted or free tickets to some of our events, um, if the music, live music concerts or sports or the firing ranges, whatever we're working on. Um, we're going to do some things with that, some merchandise, you know, T-shirts, hats, coffee, candy bars, um, you know, anything we can really add to it that brings it to an extra an extra level for those people that are helping keep us moving forward through financial support. So, Don, anything to add on the uh, Patreon that we're going to be building up? Yeah, just uh, like you said, I mean, keep uh, keep, keep posted, keep to We're going to be working on that fairly soon here. It should be up our Patreon. Uh, Patreon should be up uh, within the next week or so, and you guys will be able to contribute to that, and, and we'll have uh, the perks and the rewards up. And uh, not now on that same subject, we will also hopefully soon here in the next week or so, so also have uh, our merchandise up on our maybe on the YouTube channel uh, and links to the coffee and the American Warrior Festival chocolate. Um, you know, Weapon X uh, has their T-shirts and stuff, so we keep uh, keep an eye out for those um, merchandise buttons that we're going to be adding uh, to the podcast and to uh, American Warrior Festival YouTube channel. Uh, all those things help to support the channel. If you guys like what we're doing, if you enjoy the podcast, if you want to help support uh, the cause, those are ways you guys can help support and, and uh, move forward with us so we can just bring you better and bigger uh, entertainment uh, for, for everybody. Yeah, well, well put. And if you want to find our merchandise, candy, and coffee right now, you can go. We're going to be linking it up ASAP to the website, AmericanWarriorFestival.com. Um, that's probably going to take us another week. So until then, you can go to Clor Music Company. That's uh, my last name, C-L-O-R, Music Company. And just ty also type in Big Cartel. That's the name of the uh, storefront platform. So you, if you type that into your Google search, it will come up and then you can uh, check out our store, which has American Warrior shirts, hats, all kinds of stuff, stickers, and then Weapon X merchandise, including CDs, music, um, T-shirts, koozies, all kinds of different things. So, yeah, you can go to the store and check it out. And you can also get our coffee and candy there. So another I'm sorry. Go ahead, Don. No, so yeah, you yeah you you can do that old caveman or um, ancient way that like Dan just said, or you can just go right down into the show notes in the description of the podcast where I will put the link, and you guys can just click that, and it'll take you right to it. <laughs> See, that's why Don gets gets paid the big bucks. <laughs> See, look at that. Don calls so, yeah, me the caveman we'll, uh, we'll, because I am technologically uh, deficient. So yeah, no 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 need for the Google machine. It'll be right there in the description. You guys can just click on the link. I'll, it'll send you right to it. And you guys can just click and buy at your leisure. I'll make Listen, it simple for you. What do I know? I just work here. <laughs> <laughs> so Making people type? What is wrong with you? Yeah, I know, right? Uh, another big thing that we've been focusing on is building up our team, infrastructure, and systems. Basically organizing our company. We've been very fortunate to add some really amazing team members onto our team on the national level. 
And we've really taken this downtime to just tighten up and sharpen up our game. So, uh, I mean, that's just something you're going to see over the next, uh, you know, few months and years. You're just going to see a tighter product overall, a better brand. And that's what we're aiming to do. We want to keep sharpening the steel, you know, and becoming better. So uh, hopefully you guys, you see the results of that sooner than later. And another thing that's been close to our heart and we really can drive this one home is the American Warrior Festival food drive is still going on. And, uh, you know, you can contribute either online financially or you can bring some non-perishable food items to one of our local drop centers, which, you know, just reach out to us through our website contact. And we could tell you where you can drop food off if you'd like to do that or if you'd like to do an online contribution of $5 or more. So the food drive, we not only bring it to local veteran organizations and feed homeless veterans, but we also just try to help anyone in need who needs food. So, um, you know, please contribute where you can on that front. Absolutely. So, all right, well, we're going to finish up here with, uh, you know, we're just making the most of our situation adapting adjusting and moving forward and uh you know we've had a good time bringing you the news today it's been it's been an awesome time uh, having our producer don on with us today this is uh, his first appearance out on the mic you'll be hearing from him a lot more so if you have any questions or concerns just reach out to us through our website americanwarriorfestival.com don do you have any uh any parting comments uh, no, I think I think you covered it, man. I mean, you know, like you said, we just got to move forward. Everybody be safe out there. You know, do what you can. Protect yourself, protect your families, and just make the best of your situation. Live life, right? I mean, just make the best. Make the best of it. Well put, Don. So, yeah, just uh, stay tuned now for two amazing guests, Bill Scott and Trevor Nystrom. We have a really fun conversation headed your way right there. Thanks a lot. The American Warrior Festival podcast brought to you by the Red Osier Landmark Restaurant, Western New York's premier dining experience, known for its amazing prime rib and dedication to the veteran community. Visit them online at theredosier.com. Coming up next, we have some music out of San Antonio. This is Even in Death with Fire All of Your Guns.
The American Warrior Festival podcast brought to you by Oliver's Candies, the creator of the American Warrior Festival candy bar. Oliver's Candies is proud to offer you the largest selection of award-winning chocolates made in Western New York. Visit them online at oliverscandies.com. All right, now we have some very special guests here for you. My good friends, Bill Scott and Trevor Nystrom, two of my favorite people in the world. How are we doing, gents? Doing well. How are you? Oh, man, doing outstanding here. Trevor, how are you, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. I'm just, you know, trying to do things and stay busy. Awesome. That's all we can really do at this point. Uh, now, right. I... Uh, I know when you hear the name Bill Scott, all you uh, Weapon X supporters out there, you know exactly who I'm talking about. The uh, the assassin over there on the guitar, the man who does all the uh, the shredding lead work, uh, the uh, production, all the things on our albums. So, uh, yeah, it's just real special to have you guys on here. And, uh, and Bill, I mean, you've been with us now for, what, going on nine years? Almost a yeah, decade? Yeah, I think it's close to nine, yeah. Man. What was it, 2012, I think? Uh, I think your first show was actually 2011, late 2011. Wow. Because the first American Warrior was 2012. No, that would make sense then. Yeah. So, man, it's been a, it's been a good run so far, brother. Yeah, man. And uh, getting, I think... getting old, this is bullshit. <laughs> we're, we're getting better, baby. We're getting better. <laughs> That's a little fine wine. <laughs> Or stale, stale whiskey? Is there is there <laughs> such a thing? <laughs> yeah, we're not really wine drinkers. I think whiskey yeah. might be the thing. Well, I was gonna say I, I never know if it's stale because it's already been drank. <laughs> it don't it don't it don't stick around long enough to go bad with this group. No. <laughs> Bill, remember that time I tried to pass that? Uh, what was it I tried to pass off on you? That one of those late nights out on the porch there uh, in Sherman Oaks. I told uh, you it was uh, yeah, whiskey. Yeah, it was like I think it was some kind of rum or something. I don't think it was even that good, bro. I think it was like some I, I don't know what it was, but it was it was not good and it needed to go. It was on top of the uh top of the fridge. And I was like, ah, oh, my buddy Bill here. I think he's had enough. I might be able to slip this in and he might not uh realize what he's drinking. Bullshit. <laughs> right away. <laughs> oh, this sucks. This ain't whiskey. Where's my whiskey? <laughs> Bill, I don't were... know many things, but I know that. <laughs> well, the man with three first names. I mean, you should, you know. To the third power. <laughs> Bill, explain that a little bit, your, your heritage and uh, how cool that is. William John Scott. William John Scott the third. Sounds like royalty. It does. Um, but uh, my grandfather, William Scott, was actually a poor butcher in Scotland, and he actually moved to the States during the Great Depression. That's how bad it was in Scotland. Wow. And then uh, due to lack of creativity, he named my dad William John Scott II. And then due to my dad's lack of creativity, <laughs> I'm William John Scott III. Yeah, no hassle of baby names on that one. <laughs> that is amazing. So, <laughs> oh, man. It's nice, though. You know, it, makes, it makes things easy. It, it does. So, you know, if I, were that... ever to, if I were ever to have kids, which will probably not happen, but if I were ever to have kids, um, you know, I, the choice has already been made. I don't even have to think about it if it's a boy. 
Can we call him William the Quattro? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I do I live think in just LA. The quattro. I, think, I think, yeah, I live in LA. Yeah, Quattro. Trevor, I like that, <laughs> especially especially if it's with a Latina woman. But I definitely no, but I like that. it. You gotta go the the Quattro. Like, yeah, Quattro, the Quattro. Not El Quattro. <laughs> no, I want the the there. I feel like that'd be like the name of a weird truck. The it gives quattro. it. It gives it the 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 Spanish and Americanized element to it. Yeah, it's a little diverse. Yeah, yeah, right. Well, plus my Marine Corps bros will tell you a bunch of my uh, Mexican Marine buddies. It, it's it's some good Spanglish, the Quattro. Yeah, you it's know great what I mean. Spanglish. So, Spanglish. I, I mean, I, I'd ask my Marine buddies, how do you guys choose where you're heading with this? You know, like I'm following half of it, and I know a little Spanish, so I'm like, how how do you guys decide? You know, which language you're going to work with on certain sense, sentences, and I think it's just improv at its finest. Yeah. So, well, hey, you know, uh, Bill, why don't we tell tell the people a little bit about your work in the music industry and, uh, you know, what you got going on here, a little bit about how you got started, all that good stuff. Let's see. Getting started, um, I started playing guitar when I was 11. I uh, basically, I played pretty much every sport in the book. Uh, and the only two I was good at were the rich people sports, which was golf and tennis. Um, <laughs> Living up to I, that name. Did you, yeah, did you, did I, you I, have to wear the, the, the white tennis shorts? Uh, no, I did not. Okay. Sorry. Visualizing um, now, though. <laughs> good no, I wore those, those, those skirts, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love like that. Chris That's Everett, a- Martina Devertilova style? Yeah, exactly. You know, well, like you know, I was talk- a big, I was a big Anna Kordakova fan. You know, oh yeah, and, who, wasn't? Uh, <laughs> yeah who wasn't right? Yeah, and uh, yeah. So, but I, my favorite sport to play was baseball. Uh, unfortunately, I was terrible at it, and uh, the last year I played, my team won the championship. We all got trophies, and I looked at my trophy and realized I did nothing to earn this like I, <laughs> I was not a help at all I was more of just a hindrance and despite me being a, yeah despite me being a hindrance I still got a trophy and uh, I just realized at that point like baseball was not in the cards for me and sports were probably not in the cards for me and so I decided like well what else can I do and I was really into you know I, I was always into music like you know listening to it all the time you know, by five years old, I mean, I was listening to Michael Jackson and Metallica and all this stuff, you know. Um, and so then at the time, you know, it's the early 90s, so I was a big Nirvana fan. And so I said, well, maybe I should play guitar like Kurt Cobain, you know. And so I told my mom, well, actually, initially I wanted to play drums. And my mom said that they were too loud. So we're, she decided, wasn't going to have that, right? Yeah, drums, which is funny because no. then after a year of playing guitar, my mom goes, this is loud, too. You can get yourself some drums. <laughs> Um, so that's kind of where I started and uh, I started my first band when I was 12 and uh, played with most of the guys in that band all the way up until I moved to LA when I was 23 Um, and you know in the midst of that I you know was taking lessons I played in the school bands and um, I think yeah I won an award for some jazz festival when I was 14 and then, uh, you know, played like New Jersey Metal Fest, New England Metal Fest. Um, you know, and then I ended up going to Berkeley College of Music. 
which I wanted to go to since I was 12. And so it's the only college I applied to two and I figured if I didn't get in, I just wasn't going to go to college. Um, and so right after graduating, I pretty much just moved directly to LA to start my, I don't want to say start my career. I mean, I feel like I already had a career, I guess, continue my career, but, uh, in a bigger way. Cause you, I mean, it sounds like once you got the guitar in your hand, you were, you were pretty much, you were doing practical things with it. You just weren't going to sit around in your room and shred. You got right out there and were active, got yourself into a band, learned the trade. Uh, we're doing shows. Yeah, I mean, I basically, I practiced about eight or nine hours a day. Wow. And um, after the first year, I felt like I was good enough to, like, play with other people. And so I immediately, like, in my middle school, I just asked people, you know, who's the best drummer that you know? And it turned out to be this guy, uh, Corey Wilhelm. And uh, we're still really, really good friends. And he's still probably one of the best drummers I've ever played with. And in fact, he was nominated for a Grammy last year. Um, but anyway, uh, I was like, everyone told me it was this guy, Corey Wilhelm. And the funniest thing about Corey, sweetest dude on the planet. Uh, but when I met him, I don't, I don't want to say he was like a, 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 a Jesus freak, but like he had like shoelaces that said, Jesus loves you on them. <laughs> and at the time I was a pretty diehard atheist, you know? And as opposed to first, as opposed to now. Well, now I'm I'm I'm, I'm agnostic. As Bill Maher says, it's atheist light. Oh, um, really? Okay. Yeah. Um, but I'm also far less judgmental than I was back then, you know. Right. Um, but the funny thing was when I met him, he had Jesus loves you uh, shoelaces, and I had uh, a Slayer T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I think Ma- it had match, like, match made in heaven right there. I think it had satanic references on the shirt as well. And <laughs> and in hindsight, when we talk about when we met each other, he told me he was scared to death of me. <laughs> and, and the only reason why he agreed to play with me was because he was scared to death of me to say no. <laughs> See, that that's what Slayer could do, man. I feel like a Slayer t-shirt, you could weigh like 85 pounds and like the 250 pound like st- state champion wrestler. Be like, don't, don't mess with, don't fuck with that guy. You know, I think especially got a Slayer then, T-shirt on. I, sp- I think especially back then, because when I look back at the '90s, it was far more conservative than I think I ever realized. You know, like to say you were an atheist or to you know support gay rights or anything like that was pretty. You know, that was considered pretty far left back in that era. You know. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And so for someone who had that religious background, you know, I think they've been conditioned to the point of like, if that guy's wearing a Slayer t-shirt, like he's channeling the devil, you know? Definitely. Satan's conduit, if you will. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, that's, that's pretty rad though, that he had those on his shoelaces. I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of interesting in its own right. I mean, just that whole meeting must've been pretty funny. Yeah, it was. And what was funny is when he told me after, like later that he was scared and he told me everything that was going through his mind. I mean, it just made me laugh because, you know, he's the sweetest dude on the planet. We were, you know, I mean, we're still just really good friends. And uh, but the fact that, you know, he felt that way kind of when I play the, the thing back in my head, I can see that he was now, you know, but since I didn't know him back then, I didn't notice, you know. Sure. Well, and I know that feeling, Bill, of uh, there was a t- when I first started teaching guitar, uh, I, you know, I worked at this amazing music store. Uh, they were really, really awesome people. 
also very, very devout Christian and religious. And I had this one dude come in one time and I, I see the, uh, what's it? The warlock there, the BC rich. <laughs> yeah. 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 That comes in, you know, the, the, the case is all kind of funky design. I'm like, uh Oh, he walks in slayer. I'm like, uh Oh, here's Satan spawn, right? He comes in. How, how am I going to make this work here in the, right, in the right. land of the land of Jesus here inside this room. And, uh, so he comes on, he comes in and I'm like, I see his guitar and it's just, I mean, Satan, you know, goat, freaking Baphomet, all this stuff, you know, isn't it Baphomet that's got the, uh, yeah, got yeah. the horns with a nice rack, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. That's, that's Baphomet. So, <laughs> the best description of Baphomet I've ever heard. <laughs> Man, I'm really, I'm really conflicted. In fact, I've had people that have really been down with Baphomet and got very offended when I talked about his tits, you know? <laughs> <laughs> So, <laughs> well, they're, they're against they're against trans people. That's all. You know? Oh, right. <laughs> that's what it is. So, uh, I'm like, hey, buddy, you're gonna have to angle that guitar my way. We we cannot let the owner of this place see what you got going on in that six string. And he was totally disappointed. I'm like, but hey, let's get down to metal, you know. And a, a few weeks later, they're like, uh, yeah, Dan, uh, we really like you, but uh, we think you might have to move on down the road. Like, oh damn! Really? What I what I do? Well, we got a perfect church that you could teach at down in the basement. I'm like, aren't you bringing me closer to the Lord with this satanic stuff? <laughs> and yeah, I'm like, sure. And and come to find out, it's the church that I was actually baptized in. Oh, funny! How funny is that? In the I tell you what, the first, one of the first songs I taught there was "Highway to Hell," and the place was just the pipes were bad, so it was on fire. It was like a sweat fest down there, and I was like, man, how did I end up here? Was it that kid's guitar? Was it, was it Slayer? Damn you, Slayer! Yeah, you Slayer. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, sorry for that segue, but I felt it was kind of relevant with the that yeah. whole um, yin and yang there. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so yeah, all right. So now, what you know? What do you got going on here today? I mean, I know uh, shows aren't happening at the moment, but you have some really exciting things that you've been working on. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, it's weird. I. Um... You know, I, I teach guitar, you know, a couple of days a week. And so I've now, I've lost a bunch of students. So I'm, I'm teaching one day a week now online. And then, um, you know, I've been, I do a lot of tech work, um, you know, helping studios uh, set up their gear, install their software, you know. Um, so I've been working for a couple of people, helping them do that because a lot of people are now really building up their home studios because they're stuck in their houses now. So I've been doing that and then uh, I've just been writing. I bought some new gear, figured since I was stuck at home, I'll buy myself a new keyboard. And so I've started writing some stuff that's kind of more um, orchestral, you know, kind of like uh, film composer kind of stuff. Oh, really? Nice. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah, a future collaboration with Ryan there? Maybe. Yeah, I'm figuring that, like, you know, since uh, who knows when shows are coming back, you know. Right. And, Unfortunately. Uh, adver- advertisers still need music and commercials are still being made, you know. So just, just kind of another, you know, element to look at to get by in the meantime. Adapting to the situation, like we said in episode one, right? Adapt and yep, overcome exactly. and, and uh, do, doing what you can. And... uh now, Bill, one of my favorite stories, uh, if you want to share this this one with the people, is just the idea of being a guitar teacher and a role model. 
<laughs> yeah. uh, and, and how you decipher between the two and kind of what's expected out of a guitar teacher and a role model. Yeah. <clears throat> well, so when I just started working for the company that I work with, you know, I basically work with them as like an independent contractor. And so what they do is they find you the students, they do the advertising, they manage all the finances and they just pay you, which is good. It gets all the admin stuff out of the way. And so you just show up and teach. And it also makes it so you're not the bad guy when it comes to collecting on the money. Right. And that's, which that's is hard. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard because, you know, when you're teaching someone, a lot of times, you know, you kind of develop and now all of a sudden you're their friend demanding money from them. You know what I mean? It, right. It is nice to have that third party being that guy because it definitely yeah. changes the dynamic. And if someone misses the lesson and they have to get charged anyway, I'm not the bad guy. I just go, oh, it's company policy. Right. It's a shield. Yep. So, uh, yeah. So I think about maybe the probably the fourth student they got me. So probably within like the third week I was working for them. Um, I had my first lesson with this kid named Cameron and I taught him uh, purple haze and I left the house and the next day, cause they, the company calls to you know, see how your first lesson was. Did you like the teacher? Did you want to try somebody else? You know, that kind of stuff. And so apparently they called Cameron's mom and, and she said, uh, well, Bill was really great. I mean, he's, he really knows his stuff and he was a good teacher and he really showed Cameron some, some great stuff and he's practicing. Like, couldn't really be happier. The only complaint I have is uh, he smells like cigarettes. <laughs> and so my, my, the, the owner of the company, you know, is saying, so, you know, maybe you could wear some cologne or... <laughs> you know, get some breath mints and, and smoke with your windows down. I'm like, well, first of all, I already do smoke with my windows down. I'm not hot. I'm not hot boxing my Honda with tobacco. Uh, you know, and then, and then uh, I said, listen, you can call them back and tell them it's 60 bucks an hour for a guitar teacher. It's an additional 60 bucks an hour for an effing role model. <laughs> and that, ladies and gentlemen, is why we love Bill Scott. I... I love that story. <laughs> There's so I've many. I had more. a couple of run-ins like that, man. You know, but my favorite one was I had these uh, born-again Christian kids. They were a year apart. Uh, they, they looked like twins almost, and they were homeschooled. And you know, I mean, you know, it was a nice family. You know, but uh, first lesson, I, I asked the kids, I'm like, you know, what bands do you like? And they oh, we like U2, we like Coldplay. Uh, we like Guns N' Roses, but we don't like them as people. Oh. And I go, you don't like them as people? What does that mean? I go, did you have lunch with Slash last week? <laughs> like, what, what don't I know that you Right, know? right, yeah. And he goes, well, we don't like the drinking and the drugs and the womanizing. I said, okay, I need you to stop. Yeah. I go, first of all, I want you to know that... I don't want your parents' opinions. I want your opinions. Right there. Okay. I said, the second thing is without the drinking and the drugs and the womanizing, there would be no Guns N' Roses. Yeah, right. It's the essence. It's the fabric of everything that band does. The authenticity. All, all that exactly. stuff. Those late nights. 
you know, gallivanting around uh, Sunset and Hollywood and all that. Yeah, being broke and staying at women's houses because you ain't got no money. Right, right. I mean, the art is just the, the you know, the artist's influences well, every, in day-to-day Everyone else life. was lying, you know what I mean? Right. Like Poison and all those guys, like until they got their right. record deal, they were just as bad off as GNR. Right. Right. But they everything was about the party and the girls, but they didn't talk about like the real stuff, you know? Right. Right. The the actual authenticity there and which every artist needs because people are going to see through that right away. It's like MC Hammer trying to be a, a gangster, you know, after uh, Hammer Time. You know, it's like no one's buying that, man. Uh, right. Right. You know, like the Beastie Boys, they came out and they talked about going to White Castle and, and hey, you know, all this stuff was authentic yeah they, yeah, they, they were really authentically do. themselves they were goofy but also political you know right and, and that's the key you know i mean it's just i always thought being an artist is really like whatever you are just on 10 right or on 11 yeah yep. it's really just more of yourself out there whatever you are be more of that yeah i mean yeah especially if you want to be a great artist i mean like because to be fair it's like bands like poison right i i'm not a poison fan i don't like most hair metal right it, right right it, uh, it, exactly that being said i will very much say i'm a huge brett michaels fan as a human being that guy is amazing um but the the they they did the party route and it worked for them right so it worked it's fine do what you do to survive and make it like i don't begrudge anybody for you know doing that um, but at the same time, I don't think that music's going to stand the test of time like Guns N' Roses. Right. Yeah. G- Guns N' Roses just has that. Uh, I mean, that's the thing that drew me to them is just the uh, the rebelliousness, the uh, the the raw, the raw playing, the raw. You know, I, I mean, I think that first the, that first album, Appetite, I mean, it was very human, very real. I mean, the sounds oh, were yeah. it was a, it was a, a Les Paul through a Marshall. You know, it was uh Real drum sounds. Yeah, I, no, it was, it was a great record. I mean, that that in in rock history, that is you know one of the records that is in the top you know fifty. Yeah, yeah it, I can't, it, I can't, I, I can't really order them, but you know, it, it's 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 a legendary piece of rock and roll history. It, absolutely, and you know what I loved is the guitar interplay between Izzy and Slash. There's there's a, I mean there. Two guitar players that are really utilizing two parts, you know, like it's. Uh, yeah, they they did the whole, um, you know, Keith Richards um, and Ronnie Wood type thing, you know. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Izzy would throw in little single note lines between the power chords, and and you know, he'd kind of paint a picture a little bit while Slash was, uh, you know, kind of driving over it and then doing his awesome leads. And I mean, it was just a great combo between those two guys. Yeah, for sure. So sure. now, Bill, let, let's talk a little bit about, uh, you know, your your work with with Weapon X and American Warrior since you've you know been with us since 2011. Just, uh, you know, how it all started with us and just what it's meant to you and, and how it kind of fits into your overall, you know, musical work over the years. Uh, let's see. I mean, the the very interesting thing about it, I mean, so when I first got in contact with you. Uh, we had been in contact through a, a mutual friend, Jared Sweeney. Uh, and Jared was playing bass in my band at the time. Or no, maybe he wasn't at that point. I can't remember. But, um, you know, he I had pretty much kind of not been playing in metal bands at that point in time. 
Um, I was playing mainly in Van Nuys Music Corporation, which was my last band before my new project. And, um, and I was playing with a band called Charlie Played Cello, both, both more in the kind of alternative rock vein. Good stuff, um, too. I remember that band. Yeah, it was a great band, and I, all the guys in that band were awesome. Um, they're still awesome. I still talk to them. Um, and, yeah, so when I kind of – when Jared first mentioned it to me, you know, I know this guy Dan who I've been working with, and I recommended you to him. Um, I was like, that's great. I said, I, I'd love to be playing in a metal band again. That'd be, that'd be awesome because that, that basically is my roots, essentially. Like grunge and metal are kind of my – guitar roots you know um yeah so i just remember we I, you called me and i talked to you when i was recording with charlie played cello up in san francisco yep i remember you were up uh, north yep and then um yeah i came down and we started playing and i was like good vibe good people and uh yeah it's been nine years of that <laughs> right right just uh shows and did the album together and uh you know the thing about that i know some of you know is uh you know bill's the guy that i would just be hanging out with all the time he'd be one of my best friends with or without music so when you have someone like that who's also that talented and you know it's just been a real easy thing for us i mean we we've always been able to work together very smoothly it's always my goal to try to give you uh, you know, where you feel you have a great deal and everything's working well for you and you do the same back and it's just been real smooth for, you know, going over, you know, nine years going on 10. And I, I still feel with the movement upwards with American warrior, that's going to bring weapon X right along with it. And I still think the best stuff that we're going to do is yet to come. No, oh, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And so, you know, what, what is your, uh, what's your, you know, what inspires you to kind of be a part of it with, I, I know you're big on w with us supporting the troops and that's something that you've always valued supporting veterans through music and concerts. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, you know, I guess I, I'll, I'll say a couple things uh, for starters, you know, my father served in the Vietnam war. Um, there you go. And so, you know, my father's a veteran and, um, Another thing that's going to sound really, I don't know, funny, I guess, uh, but I know that you'll like it, Dan, because you're you're a Sly Stallone fan, but Rambo First Blood, I watched with my dad when I was probably <laughs> like six years old. Awesome. And the one thing I really remember taking away from that movie, besides the fact that it was just awesome, right? Oh, yeah. But the thing I really remember taking away was the, the end scene as he's blowing up the whole town. And he had, you know, Sly has that whole, you know, breakdown to Colonel Troutman, you know, as the gas station's on fire about how, you know, the people spit on him and, and all this stuff. And, you know, and just the way that that uh, Brian Dennehy is the cop treated him, you know. Um, and I was like, man, that's just so wrong, you know, and that, right. that really stuck with me. And uh, when I was 18 or I was 17, my friend was 18, he uh he joined the military, joined the army. Um, and at the time, you know, I think he joined because he was, had a kid on the way and he had a GED. He didn't really have prospects of going to college, you know? And, uh, so he basically chose the army basically just as a survival thing, you know? Right. Um, it, it, it is good for that as well. When you really don't know where to turn, there is a family and a brotherhood there. And it just, I mean, just to, 
an option to kind of get out of it yeah and what's really interesting about it is this was pre-9-11 so the assumption was he was going to join the army and there was never going to be a war right Right. yeah yeah. so so it was kind of like yeah it's safe to do there's not going to be a war we haven't really done much since vietnam you know that was kind of the the like rationale you know the interesting part about it though is that i have to say i mean the army completely turned his life around like for the better um and on top of that, I mean, he loved it. And he actually, he left, you know, he was in the first run. He actually was one of the Bradley drivers in that first run into Baghdad. Oh, really? Um, yeah. And uh, when he came back and was a civilian, it drove him nuts. And so he, he ended up going back in and doing some more kind of like special missions type stuff for a while. Um, but yeah, so I mean, you know, I've, I've had a lot of friends who have served and um you know i think it's really important that uh, we take care of the people that sacrifice for us you know uh, there's a lot of times i wish our our government did more in that respect because uh you know i think it's great that you know like with what we do with american warrior helping veterans and, and other veterans causes it's great but it's sad that our government isn't doing the work you know? Well, you, you know you know bill that's interesting you say that because a lot of people say you know we're happy to have like uh, you know organizations like american warrior festival and and all the other not uh veteran nonprofit organizations but they do say that that they kind of wish they we didn't have to have them you know right. it, it should be icing on the cake and maybe not a foundation of helping which obviously we're all happy to do you know that's yeah but that is a thing and and the the cost of battle and war it goes much further than the battlefield in the immediate situation it's a lifetime com- a commitment to it and right. um yeah you know we were talking to uh i mean we talk to vietnam veterans all the time and those guys i mean especially the i mean all of them but the ones that were drafted and yeah, my we, father was drafted right okay so yeah see when they came home and they're just happy to be to be home or just the fact that they survived it. And then when it's as hostile as it was for some of them, when they were home, it's like, here's a new war right on our own land. And we, you know, we didn't even, we, we just did what we thought we had to do. We were drafted. And uh, the fact that the, the thing I'm so proud of, of with veterans today, and I mean, not the veterans, but the society as a whole, the majority of people by far just love veterans and, and, no matter what happens with the conflict or why the battles happened or for whatever political reason, they still love the veterans. And yeah, that is a victory. It is. And that's kind of one of the reasons, I mean, not to get super political, but I mean, you know, uh, as, as I know, Dan's a huge uh, Jim Mattis fan and and I am too. Um, You know, that's one of the reasons why with what happened in Lafayette Park uh, during the protests that, you know, Mattis and Admiral McMullen and those guys spoke out. And one of the things that McMullen said was, you know, since Vietnam, we have built up a nation's trust in the troops and and behaving that way, uh, you know, eats away at that. Um, And it starts making the military political again, you know, and I think that's, you know, to your point, that's something we have to stay away from, you know. Right. I I think so, too, because, I mean, that's another thing, too. When I I joined the Marine Corps and a lot of people joined the military, they're inspired by maybe someone in their family or, you know, there's no mystery that Hollywood was a big part of that. 
too. I mean, Hollywood is one of the greatest drivers of recruiting ever, you know? Um, oh, for sure. Michael Bay is really good at it. Yeah, right. <laughs> it, not to mention some high speed commercials and where they place them, but yeah, it just needs to write better scripts, but you know, yeah, right. <laughs> or work with better scripts, whatever. <laughs> but you know, you join just being a part of that, that family and, then you get your orders and they come down from the top and, and there's, you know, times when that, that love and passion for being part of that family and your own belief system, uh, you know, it, it can be in conflict. And really when it comes down to when you're in the zone or you're in, you're in the war zone or whatever, it really just comes down to you look to the man or the woman to your left or right of you. That's why you do it. You know, right. you're like, here we are. We signed up for this. We knew it. And in the military is one of those things where I always said you really get out of it. I, I mean, what, get what out of it, what in. you put into it, but you, it's really also what you make of it. So, so is yeah. Berkeley college of music, just far less dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> right. A lot more I, music nerds and a lot more yeah. music nerds than I, that one. Yeah. 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 I, I know we've explored some of your uh, characters that you uh, met through the Berkeley school of music. We might have to actually, before we sign off, talk a little bit about that. Cause I know there's some good, funny stories. In fact, there's, you know, listen, if we could let these stories rip the unfiltered man, you guys, if this being a family show, <laughs> I don't know, family show, but I don't know what rating we are, but there, there's some exciting stories that we could share with you. Maybe you'll have to come out and see us at a show and hang out at the bar with us. You might hear some of them, but uh, give them some incentive to come hang out with us. Right, Bill? Yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, hours of entertainment on that one. I'll, I'll, I'll rec recommend that to everybody listening. Will you vouch for that, Trevor? <laughs> that, uh... I vouch for that. I was thinking like there could be like nine podcasts just on stories with you and Bill. So <laughs> <laughs> it could really be a lot, you know, there's a lot of information, a lot of juicy secrets and stories that are hilarious that <laughs> everyone needs to hear. Hopefully one day. It is very debatable if our best performances are on stage or off stage. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it, <laughs> I've so, seen both and I'm going to take off stage just because I love the banter between the two. <laughs> and you guys and the stories, and Everything that you guys need to get into. Well, see, Bill always amuses me all the time because he's either just in a really good mood and just fun or when he gets irritated or, or you know, gets frustrated with shit or just, you know, he gets on a on a tangent of some kind. It's probably even more entertaining. So it's a win win no matter where you go. He's the only guy that had an amplifier fall on his head. <laughs> oh, that's what that's what we can share right now. Thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, yeah, hey, bring oh, that up. Trevor, you man, I tell you what. What a clutch performance there by you, Trevor, because this has something to do with veterans as well. We're getting ready for right. the first New York American Warrior Festival in in, Ro in Leroy area, Rochester area. And we go into the local Leroy American Legion, my home post and everything. And they're kind enough to let us come in with gear that was way more than what that room needed. Right, Bill? Yeah. There's, I mean, we were basically, we brought in like a sound system that was for an outdoor festival into uh, a VFW hall. <laughs> yeah. Like pictures and old bowling trophies were just rattling, you know, and, and I even had neighbors tell me that we rearranged their family pictures going up the staircase across the street, you know? So it was, it was that kind of shredding going on and, you know, Weapon X rehearsed and, uh, you know, we were, we did our thing, and then we also had you know one one of my first bands, which you know you Western New York fans and East Coast fans know Diesel. Bill is uh, you know basically recruited him to uh, to shred with Diesel as well. So we're getting started, and uh, 
getting into that set and that band needed more work because we just kind of got together, you know, that week. And all of a sudden, you know, we're ripping, the energy's good, everything's vibing. And uh, all of a sudden I look over and, and this big black shape just falls out of the sky, out of the, up the ceiling, like, and just boom, it all happened so quick. It just fell right on Bill's head. And he just, he just went down like Tyson gave him a shot to the jaw. And I was like, holy shit, what the hell just happened? And I look and I see this speaker and Bill's holding, I always remember that image of Bill like holding the back of his neck. And I was like, oh my God, man, this, he's really hurt right here. Oh shit. You know? So everyone, you know, gets around him and just making sure he's okay. Do we have to call the ambulance? What the hell's going on? You know, the American Legion, they're like, oh no, you know? So Bill, the warrior That's that he is. It was Legion. I said VFW, it was the Legion. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's the Legion. And, um, so we get Bill to a chair, you know, and I think get him some water. Maybe I think doesn't ice become a part of the equation, Bill? Something well, bring first you some ice? thing was like we're going to get you some water, and I say right. get me a Jameson. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right, Bill. Priorities, priorities. Bill, Bill. Even after taking that shot to the head and thinking that maybe it erased all his memories, you know, uh, here he is. Give me a whiskey, and. So I think they obliged you, right, Bill? I mean, at that point, I think they you could argued with me, and then they agreed to give me the whiskey if I would also take water. And I said, "That's fine." Oh, okay, nice. I mean, I think after a while, when they thought about it, they're like, "We'll name the post after Bill, if as long as he just keeps this cool." You know, <laughs> <laughs> the William John Scott the Third Leroy Legion post. Well, so, I think the people that helped me, they they weren't, I don't know if they were part of the Legion, but I know that the woman, I guess, was a nurse or something, and that's why she sprang to help right away right that's right so then we get bill out near the bar you know we need to get him to where he feels at home well he was at his his stage home but that was obviously you know bill when he got his jameson he goes fellas that's a wrap for me with this diesel rehearsal and who the hell am i to tell a guy just had a speaker fall five feet onto his head to get back in there <laughs> yeah and i mean so, I, I didn't need the work it was more for tom you know yeah, yeah exactly he, he, he was he was brand new yeah tom tom was uh was definitely brand new there with that band and uh so bill gets, gets out you know towards you know near the bar sitting down at the table and i said hi you know how you doing buddy and uh you know i'm, I'm hanging in there bill always positive so uh you know there's someone i think someone brings up the fact you know, hey man, you're not going to sue the American Legion, are you? And then Bill. No, I think Bi- it was Ben saying that you could. I, I, I oh, or something like that. What an asshole! So Bill, tell him, <laughs> tell him what you said because it's a great line. It is a very patriotic, very "I'll do anything for the veterans" line. When you dropped the, uh, do you remember the line you dropped there? Uh, it was something to the effect of, like, dude, you want me to sue the American Legion? Like that's the most unpatriotic thing you could do. While rehearsing for the American Warrior Festival, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're like, what? How much more unpatriotic can you get by suing an American Legion who let us rehearse while rehearsing for free, for, just for, to chill? Yeah. yeah, and I think they, yeah, they were definitely taking care of us too. Uh, so yeah, that was uh, that's Bill, man. I mean, also when when you go on tour with Bill, there's a lot of interesting things there too. I mean, uh, we'll just talk about the Washington D.C. restaurant. When it's yeah. uh, one thirty or, or no, it's like one, one in the morning. The kitchen's closing. You know, you better get your food orders in. I'm rushing frantically to have the, the server take my order, and uh, get it into the kitchen. The only problem, Bill's whiskey was empty, and his order was colliding with my food order. 
So I try to say, Bill, bro, the bar's open for a little bit longer, but the kitchen's closing. Yeah, that's good. Why is your food more more important than my whiskey? And I'm like, oh man, come on, Bill. And you're like, no, answer me that. If you could give me a good answer, then maybe I'll, you know, I'll I'll agree with you. I didn't have an answer. I'm like, well, I'm hungry. He's like, I'm thirsty. Fuck. You know, like, damn it. You know, it's hard to get that one by Bill. But needless to say, it was a and it was a great night because Bill got his whiskey. I got a whiskey too, and I got my food. Everyone was happy. That was that was a you know that tour was a lot of fun, Bill. I can't wait to do the next one. Yeah, it was fun. So, all right, now uh, let's get uh, let's talk about the video you just did and get Trevor in here and uh, before we start talking about our favorite drinks and whatnot and wrapping it up. Right on. Well, Bill, why don't you intro the video? Tell people where to watch it and what it is. There you so, go. the name of the song is called uh, "I Want to Get Wasted." Um, and I think, you know, I think it's appropriate for every time, but I think, uh, during this, uh, pandemic, it's right, it's right on the nose, right, Bill? Yeah. I think it's got, I think it's got a little, it, it was always relevant, but maybe it's just a little bit more relevant now. Um, yeah, that's the, the title of my life right now is I want to get wasted or yeah. actually accurately. I'm going to get, wasted. I'm going to get wasted. <laughs> I, am wasted. <laughs> I am wasted is what the appropriate title. Trevor, yeah. Trevor, what I like about Trevor is I'm noticing he likes to cut the fat away. You know, just the the quattro. He's a he's a writer, dude. Yeah, he he's like you. You guys could fluff this stuff up all you want. Let's get down to the brass tacks. The brass tacks, and that's what I mean. From a speaker to Bill's head, that's where it comes. The brass tacks. <laughs> the best stories are. It hits you right in the head. It should have been a wake up call, but I do like that it just became a call to action for Bill because I've seen Bill take like falls off stages and stuff like that. Get up play and then just kill the show and you're like how did that just happen and how did he miraculously somehow avoid it and uh it, I, i'm constantly impressed by bill's like cat-like abilities to basically <laughs> always in any situation work with it and power through it and then usually give a kick-ass performance because even when we were doing the music video we had nothing but like a dead ends things were going wrong we didn't even get our location so like, you know, a couple of hours before we were supposed to be there. So we had so many problems and obstacles that kind of overcome that Bill just like, well, we'll just change it this way, this way. And I'm like, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> and so that constant, you know, ability to kind of like really avoid and be able to, you know, kind of face anything that comes at you and actually make it be a better thing. It's kind of incredible. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Yeah, Tre Trev and I were... Well, I guess to, I'll finish by saying uh, if, if you go to youtube.com slash Bill Scott Band, there's my plug. That's where you can see the video. Um, and if you just type in Google Bill Scott, I want to get wasted, you'll find it. Um, but yeah, it's funny because Trevor and I started writing the script and um, we wanted to film it in the summer. It was going to be a pool party. It was going to be this whole thing. And, and, uh, by the time we got to actually filming it, I think it was what we hit December. Yeah, and, it was. And no, it un, might have been. Unnorm was that? It might have been. Was it December or was it in January? I feel like it was. I think in it was January. no, it was December because I I went uh, to Florida right afterwards to see my parents. Oh, for right. Christmas. It was a, it was it was the bleed over from November into December, so it was like the first yeah. week of December, right? Uh, so basically. For unusually in LA at that time, it was raining almost every day. 
And so filming a pool party in like 50 degree weather with rain didn't seem like it was going to work. Well, remember, uh, we had that production meeting and it was this beautiful, sunny, like picturesque California day. It was yeah. like, beautiful. And we're like, oh, yeah, we can use this pool. This is where we'll do it. And then we all checked our weather apps and it's like, oh, it's going to start raining tomorrow for the rest uh, of the week. For like the next 15 days. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and like just like balls. hammer rain. And what you eventually did, hammer rain. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it was raining it when box. we filmed. It was. But so what all we decided to do is. The, the original video was going to start in an office and then it was going to end up at a pool party. And so what we decided to do instead was um, basically we were going to start in an office and then we were going to move to the bar. And then from the bar, the main character, I play a couple characters in the video, but the main character brings. Beautifully plays. Oh, yeah. I, I got some stuff on like that. The Daniel Day Lewis of like you know. Musicians. I make it. I make it notes as we go right here talking about those different characters he plays. So Daniel Day on that. Yeah. <laughs> hey man, there will be blood. Um, but yeah, so so after the bar, the main character brings everyone from the bar back to his office where they, that he's been fired from to basically have a, a big party that kind of ruins the office and kind of gives a final fu to, you know, his boss. So, yeah, I mean, we basically, we had some ideas, we had a lot of roadblocks and we just kept rewriting and reconfiguring. And I think we both it agreed that we got, we got a better video. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, it was, necessity was a is the mother of invention. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Sometimes that happens where, I mean, let, let's talk about the Rocky scene in the, uh, the ice rink where, yeah. In in the in the screenplay they had a, a whole full rink of people and people skating on the rink and they realize, oh man, those extras are gonna cost a bunch of money. We're uh we're low on budget here and uh you know what, we can't afford to have anyone in this rink with us and it was magic, that whole scene. And yeah. uh the things that happen, I mean that's what's great about independent video and filmmaking and and all that is like you guys said, yeah, what's it, necessity's a mother of invention, right? You know, yep. it's uh, the things you have to come up with on the fly, the creativity. And I mean, it, it becomes a really cool thing. Yeah. Once yeah. Again, it's not like, yeah. And when the time is like a ticking clock, like I always feel like everything you do in life should have like a ticking clock behind it. Yeah. Because when you're really, you know, face with time and you're having to just do it and there's no looking back, it's just whatever choice you make, you're going on gut, you're going on what you believe you're going on what you've learned. Like, it all comes from just this is now time to face some music, so I'm gonna play the best song I can play. You know what I mean? Like you have to really just kind of almost become. I'm not gonna question. I'm not gonna take things you know into consideration. I'm just gonna continue. And I mean that's why me and Phil had late nights. I think every night before filming, we we were up until three o'clock, four o'clock in the morning trying to figure everything out because yep. things were constantly changing. Like we were like at one point we're like, oh, we might have to film in an apartment and make it look like an office. We might right. have to film in this place that doesn't look like an office at all if there's anything we can do to fix it. And ultimately, we ended up getting, <laughs> which is hilarious, an auto glass shop. So like we had to build, we had cubicle walls. We had to build like this office looking set and use creative angles to basically <laughs> make it look like we're in an office. When really, like, there's you know, windshields next to us, like broken glass yeah. was everywhere. Yeah, it was a mechanic shop. Yeah, it was a mechanic shop. 
that we used and I, everyone that I've talked to and seen the video is like, what office building did you shoot in? Cause it looks great. And I'm like, well, it was kind of an office, but it was actually more of an auto shop that we really had to transform. And we did that all like moments of, and I was even thinking, well, we, we today, got that location. We got that location literally two days before the shoot. Cause we, yeah, we were going to do some, we were going to go some, we were do, oh, we we're going to use, we were going to use Tresla's friend's apartment that was empty. Yeah. To, to well, make Tresla was the producer on on the video and last minute her friend uh, Fernando who works at that auto glass shop was like yeah no shoot here well I, this is a little behind nice. the scenes Billy that you don't even know about is Ooh. we didn't have it so we were gonna get it then he was kind of wishy washy like I don't know that sounds like too many people here I don't really want oh, no, yeah, I did, to get I in trouble about that. oh and then so it was literally like the night before hours before like it was like you know 11 o'clock at night and we were supposed to be there the next day it was like okay we got the office and i felt like just everything all the weight of the world just lifted off my shoulders because there was no way we were going to be able to round everyone up again because these are all friends and family members and people that are doing this you know as favors for us to try right. and like get this done i think so, we only, like, i think we only paid like one person for acting yeah. right yeah no it was all it was all done by just people who actually cared and genuinely loved Bill. And I think that is a true accolade to like, you know, Billy's characters. People will do stuff for him. I've known him for Bill. How long have I known you? Like, uh, like 12 we're going on years, 12 years. years. Yeah. Thir probably 13 years, 13 years with 12 years. We knew each other in person this year. We know each other over uh, zoom meetings and stuff like yes, that. Yes. Yeah, Although right. you did come over <laughs> to edit some video the other night. Yeah. It was pretty funny. Cause it was, like I want to hug podcast. you, yeah, for this podcast. And uh, I was like, I want to hug you, and like <laughs> just be like, I miss you. And uh, it was just instead like two people who became socially awkward people. Like, okay, how are you? Okay, good. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, yeah. just because you're not aware of uh, how much the, you know, the human interaction is just such a beautiful thing. Oh yeah, D definitely. In uh, you guys with this video is just really impressed with it. I mean, it's. It's one of the funniest videos I've ever seen. I mean, the song I, I knew for a while because, uh, you know, working with Bill with Weapon X, when we were hanging out, uh, he would show me a lot of the other things that he's working on. And I remember him right. telling me, like, uh, yeah, I was walking around Ralph's. And, Bill, I think this is how it started, right? I was walking around yeah. Ralph's one night and heard this, like, just like, uh, I don't know if he said brainless or whatever it was. Vapid. I don't know. Vapid. Vapid. <laughs> yep. Song that was just, like, this is ridiculous as he's going around looking for, I don't know, Bill, you probably were just trying to find some, uh, what, a uh, frozen pizza and, and a, yeah, yeah, I was going to say the, the trip. <laughs> no, to the I guess store... that was a Seven Eleven. Oh, okay. That's true. That's a Seven Eleven purchase. <laughs> so Bill, hears like this, you know, this like dancey song and he's like, you know, I can go home and do that right now. And Bill having the home studio in his house and being an engineer and producer and whatnot, um, songwriter just goes and puts this tune together. And then, you know, I met Trevor through Bill at the, uh, you know, a lot of our hangouts. And then just right away, you know, with Trevor, man, when I met you, I was like, oh, this is a guy that I just really can get along with right away. I feel like I've known 10 years, you know, and absolutely. I feel the same way. Yeah, man. I feel the and, same way. And, Immediate connection. Right. Absolutely. And every time it's just, you know, Trevor walks in the door, good vibes are coming with him, you know, and that that's same what I you. feel. You've got that same air. Like, I feel, I feel like. Because you have that same air 
about you. Like you can walk in the room and it lights up and everyone knows, oh, Dan's here kind of thing. <laughs> and it becomes <laughs> a certain thing. So when I see people like that, I'm like, oh, I love that about them because it's such a like a refreshing thing. I don't think Dan's ever had a bad day in his life. He's the most optimistic, <laughs> happy person I've ever met. Oh, th thanks, man. I I, I, tr I try my best, man. It's, uh, you know, I in in the older we get too and, and trevor bringing up that that thing about time man uh you know i just see how much more valuable it is as we get older you know and how much how we decide like imagine having that clock like you were saying behind you since day one now that it could be stressful but just think about how productive and how we would do things we really want to do and there is nothing more i know it's cliched but there's nothing more valuable than it you know time is is the one thing it's so vital and can't get back and and as we as we go along on this journey, it's like, you know, the decisions you make now as you get older, I think you do you put more thought behind them of, you know, who who do I want to spend my time with? What do I want to be doing? And I think that's a good thing. I think it's a good natural Absolutely. progression. Well, it really lets you put things into consideration. Because I really think like the, the people that really like the older you get, and I think this is goes for everybody, like your friends kind of have like became that thing where it's like you know the people who are going to be in your life for the rest of your life because you met them at a certain time and they're growing with you right. and they're not going the back, you know, backwards or doing things that are, you know, taking themselves down with toxicity and all sorts of things. But the people that are there with you that are kind of like sharing the ride and you're sharing their ride. And it's such a beautiful thing to be a part of. And with that, like, I love that. Like, cause I, on my life, like on everything I do, I kind of put it like where I have that shot clock behind me. Right. Oh, it's a good, great way to put it, the shot clock. Wow. It, it really is because, I mean, we don't really realize, like, especially, like, you know, being in isolation as long as I have now, you kind of learn to, like, really appreciate the small stuff that I totally took for granted and didn't think about. Like, you know, even just seeing, like, oh, the wind looks really beautiful blowing through the trees right now. And, like, that's something I would never have given a second, you know, to admire. Sure. But when you have that, like, kind of like that, clock going from like the moment you wake up where it's like well what am i going to do how am i going to be productive and what you know goals like am i trying to set for myself today and i'm watching that clock click down and i better be moving you know forward you know toward those goals not away from them you, you know i think that's important and think about it too there's that old saying i push my bed against the wall so i can only get out on the right side I love you know? that. I've never heard that before, but I love it and I'm stealing it. <laughs> go go ahead, man. <laughs> I'm gonna I, say it to everybody. I think yeah. I borrowed it myself. <laughs> but <laughs> that's my but, new live, laugh, love. Well, hey, I, I came up with necessity as the mother of all invention, just so you know. Oh. <laughs> hey, that's <laughs> Bill, are you saying you're part of the mothers of invention? Is that, is that what you're I saying? Wish, I wish I was, man. I wish. Bill, you are what you is. Isn't that what he said? And that was I am what I is. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, is. my my hero man did, did weasels rip your flesh That's uh, it. thankfully no but, but that, <laughs> that record uh, ripped my ears in a good way what's that other song my guitar killed your mama yep oh man I, my guitar wants, wants to kill your mama oh the pajama people man i mean yeah it, 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 the funny thing about that is like people always say how many drugs was zappa on None. no man coffee and nicotine yep that's it. Hey, you can go to creative places without experiencing levels of drugs. Like, I mean, I yeah. think there's, I like, I know people that I think basically get high off their own breath by just, you know, really <laughs> embracing it. And I, and, then, and I totally like think we're like, it's like what you're getting out of life is what you're kind of putting out there and what you're wanting and like uh, what you're feeling and like 
So like you can have those incredible experiences and go deeper in the mind like Zappa did without, you know, the assistance of, you know, contraband or, you know, contraband, but, you know, every, I think everyone's illegal substances, illegal substances would be the, the proper way of saying it. Thank you, Bill. The assist. (laughs) Bill just laid it up magic Johnson style there. It, uh, now (laughs) I wanted to also tell the people, Trevor, this amazing intro that you're going to video intro that you're going to see on our YouTube, um, episodes where you see some visuals. Uh, is Trevor. Now, Trevor's coming in and, and he's going to be our, our video guy and growing with us. And uh, we have a, a very talented human being here that is just a, a great guy. So uh, that's another thing. When you when you see people in film and whatever working together consistently, every movie, it's the same actors. It's really because they just love working with each other. Really was what it comes down to. And it's such an important part. That film family is really, it's really important. Y- yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's... I, I'll never forget this. When I was about 15 years old, there was a, a buddy of mine, bass player, who was a great bass player and a great dude. However, he was uh, very full of himself, and he really liked to um, talk down about other people, right? So he would say, oh, that guy can't play horn, man. He's terrible. Like, he's not going to do this, and this guy can't play bass. And, you know, he was just so judgy, you know, about people yeah. and their playing and all that stuff. And I told him, I said, yo, man, you better clean up that attitude. I said, because at the end of the day, when people go on the road, it's about who they want to hang with, not how good you are. <laughs> right. That's the truth. Like, like at the end of the day, like if you want to play guitar for like, say, I don't know, it doesn't matter what artist, most of the music that people listen to, if you know your open chords and a pentatonic scale, you got a job. Right. You're going to be right? in business. Yeah. Right. The main thing is, does Stevie Nicks want to hang with you at the end of the night? If the answer is no, well, you don't have that gig, you right. know? Or, exactly. And I think in film, you know, working as a music producer, producing a record is not easy, but to actually direct and make a film or a music video is hard. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. have oh, so yeah. many more components, so many more moving parts, and so many more people involved. Oh, for so sure. One, one just squeaky wheel, man. It could ruin a, a very expensive production. Yeah, I've, I've yeah. always. Oh, go ahead, Trevor. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say because that squeaky wheel, which I've experienced, I've I have years and years and years of production under my belt, and that squeaky wheel, I always say like this is the start of the snowball effect, and that one person that goes off derails the entire crew which is really such a hard thing to do to try and keep everyone happy and motivated and on the same page. And usually it's an environment that's friendly, that's happy, that's very familial. And that's why it's such an important thing. That's why people do work with each other again. That's why people want to surround themselves. Like Adam Sandler, he makes movies with all his buddies. He doesn't work one day in his life because he gets to have fun. He gets to, you know, be in an environment that is fun for him. And, you know, that's really important. I think with doing anything you love, like Bill said, with music, it's so intimate because you have, you know, so many people under that, but it being, you know, under like probably a dozen for creating a you know record or a song or anything. But when it's filmed, you can have up to hundreds of people, you know, under the same, you know, couple of people leadership. Like, so it becomes kind of hard to really gauge the control on that. Yeah, definitely. And uh, the thing we're excited about, with having you on here, Trevor is, uh, you, you know, we, we plan on, I mean, this is audio 
only right now with some visuals on YouTube, but we're going to develop this into, uh, you know, a live show and in, in, in a studio where we can have the video component and also uh, just things with American Warrior that I'd like to get Trevor more involved with when we start, you know, doing more with uh, live video with our events and uh, our other things like when we go to the the baseball and football games and the the firing ranges or the, the fitness uh, the boot camp workouts on the beach and a lot of different things uh you know where we want to start filming things with our sponsors and associates and veteran stories i mean there's so many things that we are going to be building together and we needed a guy with video that was going to want to get in the trenches with us and, and build with us and uh trevor's just always there to lend a hand and uh you know help us out here and, and we feel really confident with letting him take the lead there on our with our video and the pleasure's all mine i mean like i've told you from the beginning i've always believed in your mission statement and i believe in the you know your mission statement as dan you know as you as dan clore like i believe in you as a mission statement and i Thanks, believe man. what you've done is you've taken something that's not just one medium you've made it a lifestyle you've made it so it's very like easy to be a part of to join to be you know there's no you know there's nothing that there's no you want it's all inclusive which is such Absolutely. a beautiful thing and i i love that it really puts this and you're such a sweet humble guy as a human being and then you brought that to what you've done with everything with american warrior like you brought this this piece of yourself because i think this is just a big piece of your heart that you're kind of offering to the world and sharing with everyone. And I, like to not be a part of that, I would, I would wake up every day gloomy. You know what I mean? Like to oh, be thanks, a part man. of that, it's thanks. not only inspiring, but it's also like, you feel like this is where you're supposed to be. This is, you know, you feel very present in, in the, in the, in the group and community. And that really resonates so much to me because it's all done throughout love and care. And that's why I was, whenever you, you asked me to be a part of it, I said, Dan, I'll, absolutely be a part of it i love you as a human being i would have done it regardless but i'm proud to be a part of it because of how much love and care that you really put into this and i it's inspiring uh, thank you man I, I mean i really I really appreciate that because when really think about it i was like you know the the two things like personally that have always been my you know the the lifeblood of my existence i say is uh you know, the music in, in the military are the two things that uh, have always kind of been my foundation as far as, you know, trade and just kind of identity of who I am there. I mean, obviously just trying to be the best person I can, we all can be right. And there's obviously that, but um, to be able to find something to marry those two things together with the most important thing, helping people. It's like, really, I, I want it. If I can do two things in this life, have fun, help people and i really don't see what else there i mean that's really the the foundation for me and i and i hope other people can maybe find some uh inspiration in that you know well because you're doing it you're doing it with just to me like there's such care with the whole like the way you've done everything you've designed everything the way that you've moved forward and the way that you've kicked people to be you know a part of you and part of you know what you're doing for everybody has been so special to see because it's all been like like you said with fun in mind but also in the sense of helping because 
there needs to be more of that, especially now. Like, helping is just such a beautiful word. It's such a a company or a brand or anything that can offer help in a sense of you know, you know, a place to be is so important these days. And to actually have you know you spearheading everything with your natural you know goodness of you is just what's going to make it become you know a really special thing i think that once anyone is a part of they're going to stay and be a part of it for the rest of their lives it's really the tradition of the brotherhood you know continuing like the that well the sense of yeah another another home for it which is really kind of beautiful and that's that's uh you know such an important thing man and and for example, like we were talking with one of our San Antonio uh, veteran buddies who uh, feeds homeless veterans, but then he brought up something as well where he said, not only veterans that, um, you know, got out honorably and everything, but maybe veterans that had a bad break or something happened in the military, which obviously I can relate to having to fix my career, where the VA can't take care of them at all. And he still helps them. And not just that, he's there to help any human being that he can get his that he can put his mission out to. And that's another thing too, where we want to get, we want to kind of blend and break down the difference between, you know, veteran, military and civilian, bring in the community, let the world be more of this veteran family, learn more about it. Because I mean, most families and most people know or have someone that served and uh, kind of bring them into the fold a little bit more and let them understand this world as much as they can from that view. And it's funny you said that because even just since knowing you, like, because I have family members that, you know, were present in the military, and then I have family members that are active in serving in the military right now. And it's kind of like there is this special bit that I get to see into their lives through you, through what you're doing, to kind of get this whole new recognition that I didn't know. You know, like, there's it's a behind the scenes, you know, kind of like a nice introduction to, like you said, civilian you know, people that are a part of what you're doing get to understand that better. And it really is a nice thing to kind of have a nice little bridge done the way you've done it. Yeah. Thank you, man. And, and really at the end of the day, we, we want to be, we want this company to be a unifier. You know, we, we have people come in, we have so many different walks of life come into our shows and, and our organization. And, and a lot of times people will come up to us and, and, you know, try, try to ask any, you know, interject a political thing. And we're like, really, you know, do you love a good time? Do you love good music? Do you love helping and, and supporting veterans? Well, then this is your home. It doesn't matter where you come from, where you, it's really come here and join the party and help people have a good time. And that's really what we like to do. And as far as having a good time now, a few things, this was a perfect segue to get into what kind of drinks we're into here tonight and just what we usually like. But I wrote some notes that I have to, I, I have to touch on um, with the video. I, I would just really regret it if I didn't. Bill, I love your, your Freddie Mercury impersonation as a drummer where remember when Freddie was, wasn't he vacuuming in, in, uh, in yes. drag? That kind of had part of, you know, that was one of small inspiration to that is because it's this is being the beautiful disaster and i'm not trying to cut you off here but originally bill was going to just have his band his band play and then at one point we're just like well why doesn't bill just play everything because everyone was dropping out they couldn't make the schedule so we're like why don't bill just play everybody and we'll just do it that way and we'll make characters out of them in the office <laughs> i love it 
So that was like a, you know, a two night before we were shooting thing, which we also got Bill to shave his glorious beard off. And so <laughs> there was a, a beardless bill for about, what was it three weeks, four weeks before it kind of really got. Yeah, it took about, yeah, about three, three weeks. Yeah. That's dedication. I, I watched him. I, I had to go into the bathroom to watch him cut it just because I could see like the, the tears in his eyes, the, the <laughs> angst, the angst of having to shave that beard off. You've never yeah. seen somebody. Although when you got the mustache, cause we have a mustache character, I feel like Bill kind of owned it where like, it was like, he still had a piece of him there. <laughs> like, and he knew that <laughs> like the, like the last, the last piece that he could hang on to. It was a security <laughs> blanket of like facial hair. Is what it yeah. was. It was like that little like I'm okay, I'm still here kind of thing. Yeah, I still and I still it, was able to hide part of my face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so so the drummer was the one that reminded me of I mean, was the one he when he was in drag, right? The Freddie Mercury. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the I don't know if that's the, the, it's the, the right classification. I mean, you were, you were yeah. dressed as like a someone's aunt that was a librarian. Uh, yeah, it was supposed to be uh, the Tresla was the one who put the outfit together. It was, uh, uh, was Bob's Burgers. Linda. Oh, nice. It was, it was a mixture of Linda and Tina. Because okay, that was like okay. yeah, I, I, I don't know the show of, super well. Of Linda and Tina, which is the perfect thing because all the stuff that we went for, because like we're like, well, we kind of want him to look like Dave Foley as boss, and then. He's posted the picture online, and people are like, "Oh, look, this is an old picture of Dave Foley." It's like, "Oh no, it's just Bill." Just like when I went and picked out the hair, I had the Tom Cruise hair from Risky Business as the oh, the guy who's kind of the jerk in the office. The, the, yeah, the office, office douche was was the character name. Office douche. I, I yeah. Now, yeah. What, what about now? It's a it's a tough one between the drummer, but I think the one that wins out is. Uh, the character, I think it's the character said, "Hey, Bill, let's talk about your numbers, maybe." With, with, yeah, that's the, the one boss, with the, the mustache. The that's oh, the mustache guy with the curly, with the curly wig. Was that the same guy? Yeah. Oh no, you're talking about the sensitive guy. That's called sensitive guy. Oh, the sensitive. Yeah. Okay, really, that's my favorite. Really thing. into our character names. What, yeah, sensitive. Guy. The, the the one with the curly hair and the brown suit. Was it a brown suit? It was well, a it was a horrible was a, pair of corduroy pants. Oh. And a sweater vest that me and Bill the night before went to a, like three Goodwills, and we went to. <laughs> it's funny because we went to like one of the trendy like um like Thrift trendy stores. vintage stores, and then so the sweater vest we were like we got to find a good sweater vest because it's just gonna be perfect, and we couldn't find one. The only one we found was like it was like sixty bucks. And I'm like, man, I'm gonna pay sixty bucks for this horrible sweater vest. That's that's and tough it's to kind swallow, of a good thing right? we did. Oh yeah, because we. We never found one again because we went to two other Goodwills and mostly just got lucky with ties and like a few – like even the shirt Bill's wearing for the majority of the video is just one of my shirts from my closet because we couldn't even find one to buy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we went on the – I think some real slim picking days of uh, the Goodwills. Well, it was during so the we holidays, man. Everybody was cheating was, out and going yeah. to the Goodwills. Now, we got to see – I'm pretty sure – we should be able to play that video on the YouTube version. I mean, producer Don, he's probably going to try to chime in and hit the wrong button or something, but uh, he's, if he's still listening, uh, Oh, there he, there he is. It'll, it'll be linked to the bottom of the, in the show notes, you bastards. Okay. You don't want to, you don't want to fucking play the, the video over your, you know, podcast. No. Like, you know, yeah, oh yeah. Video. Right. Right. Well, well, no, see, yeah, that, we'll, that's why you get for, for the a commentary. Yeah, that's why I got paid the big butts, which are like zero. So, you know, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm just over here being the slave over here because uh, the, you know, 
oh, boss man over here it, cracks the whip on the, me. The, 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 the red man's oppression. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the, the, the white the white devil holding down the red man for you know yet again. That's why you all haven't heard from me. That's, that's <laughs> he threatened the Native, he the Native American Warrior Festival. Oh yeah, that that that's what Don's He threatened my family if I said anything. That's, that's Don's he's, master plan. He's playing the long game <laughs> exactly. and he knows it. Exactly. I'm secretly like he's a ghost you know, agent. I'm getting all the passwords and stuff slowly, like you know, making the transition. <laughs> but no, for uh, for everybody listening on the audio, if you guys are listening to this on Spotify or iTunes, uh, uh, Google Podcast, any of the, those audio platforms, the link to the videos and all the stuff that you guys are talking about will be in the show notes. If you're watching this on YouTube, the link to Bill's video will be down in the description. And I, I tell you what, Don Pena, producer Don, is doing an amazing job, ladies and gentlemen. And now we're going to feature him as well, doing awesome, you know, staying up late after, uh, you know, driving a truck all day. Of course, when he stays up late, he's got the next day off, so none of those trucker situations. Don, we can edit this out if we need to. <laughs> but, uh, no, he's, he's working hard, and uh, we appreciate him. It's good they threatened me. It. Don't don't believe this bullshit. Ah, they me. <laughs> Take a compliment, you asshole, and then hit mute again. <laughs> Dan's texting Dawn right now all his hate notes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Awesome. So I guess you know we'll finish in uh, in perfect fashion here. Uh, you know what are some of our our favorite drinks here, fellas? What do we have no, in the night, don't. and what do we usually got here? I, I mean, for me, I'm a I'm a whiskey and IPA guy. Um, you know, I, I, my, my go-to IPA typically is Lagunitas. Um, one, cause I like it Two, The way I got introduced to Lagunitas was they actually released limited edition Frank Zappa beers. Nice. Um, and it all comes back to Zappa for Bill. Yeah. They, they were releasing a beer for each on the anniversary of each Zappa album. And I was like, these guys have to be cool. Um, and, but I mean, yeah, I like a lot like of, I, I like a lot of IPAs, you know, Ballast Point, Angel City, you know, um, and then I'm a whiskey man. Uh, and during quarantine, uh, I've pretty much exclusively been drinking Evan Williams, uh, the Heroes edition, nice. which, which is actually money does actually go to veterans, um, from buying this bottle. And, uh, it's sixteen ninety nine for a handle, and wow. it's good stuff. See, so, I love me some Evan William. Yeah, yeah. Man. how do you say and, it? Evan Wilhelm. Evan Wilhelm. Yeah, yeah. William J. Scott, William Scott the Third would definitely be uh, drinking Evan Wilhelm. Oh, yeah. yeah, and the funny thing is though, as I'm so used to the packaging, which is like black and white, it looks kind of similar to Jack Daniels. And right. with the Heroes edition, it's a whole red, white, and blue packaging. Yeah, yeah. no, I, so, I have a bottle of vodka that did the same thing. So when I went into Rite Aid to go get this whiskey one day, I was like, oh, my God, they're out. They're out. And I was scouring, and literally there was like 50 bottles in front of me, and I just didn't realize that they changed it. Yeah, it's so I, funny how we yeah, drone in on stuff like that where you just like, yeah, well, not what it normally is. So I well, can't figure yeah, it out. And, but especially during <laughs> during the pandemic, I don't want to be in there longer than I have to be. So I literally like I just, you know, run right over to where the liquor is and then I run right to the register. I get my smokes and I get the hell out of there. 
right? So when I get to the liquor aisle and I can't see it, you know, I'm like, no, nah, I don't want to be in here. Where is it? <laughs> yeah. Do you, I feel uh, that. What, what's that? What's that one? Uh, I don't know. They still make old granddad. What is that? Uh, they do. They do. I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to go support that one in a pinch. I was going to say, but maybe if you got to get out of that store quick, Bill, you're going to grab whatever you, you get, or you're, you're not going to go that far. I think it's like the rule is, is like, if it's a plastic bottle, just don't do it at all. Yeah, You know what? <laughs> yeah. That's a good yeah. indicator. E- even though, even though I did have an, some Captain Morgan rum out of a uh, plastic bottle. Really? Yeah. Wow. It, it's weird how it came that way. But uh, I mean, usually the Captain Morgan's in the, in the bottle. So Not sure. Yeah, that was strange, huh? It's like a ballpark edition. Like yeah. you can't have like <laughs> metal yeah. or glass. Like There you go, We're just going to put it in plastic. Yeah. It's this pirate is going to get rowdy type of handle, you know? Yeah. This is bar fight Captain Morgan. Yeah, I wouldn't know anything about that, of course. But So, yeah, Trevor, how about you, man? Well, right now I got Coors Light Silver Bullet. Big boy. Tall boy. And, yeah, but I it's funny because the beer I like is the beer that, like, everyone kind of, like, hates on. Like, where it's, like, Bud Light, Miller Light, like, I'm like the crappier the beer, probably the better it's gonna taste for me. I have, I think I have like nice. really like low grade taste buds. He likes dad beer, is what we call it. I like dad beer. I'm a, I feel yeah. like dad beer is like the lawn beer, the Fourth of July, which is you know right now, like yeah, like like it's that perfect summer feeling. Like I crack open a beer and I'm like, oh, I'm kind of like in summer right now. It's like that that pause button on life just kind of goes, oh, you're drinking a beer. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, there you go. It's, it's the old commercials too, right? Like as kids watching football, remember Miller High Life. Oh, now I got to go fix a sink. You know, I I can't have that beer till I mow the lawn or fix a sink or, or put a deck on in the back. It's one of those things where it's like that little treat method, like method, like last night I was cooking dinner. And I was like, you know what? You're cooking dinner. You have a beer with that. You know what I mean? Like kind of thing. Like I'm doing this right, kind of thing. Oh yeah. And you kind of like. I, I always looked at Miller as like I beat my wife real good, and now I can have a beer. <laughs> oh, oh man, do Miller dirty, Bill. <laughs> Miller's delicious. Miller's. I do. I drink. The, I drink the champagne of beer, so I'm not. Oh, I'm not hating. High Life is like high. I'll tell you what. High Life is like, if you buy a six pack, you drink three of them. You're kind of like, oh, I don't know how much I like High Life anymore kind of thing. That is And true. then the next time you have it, like two years later, you're like, this is my favorite beer. Trevor, that's <laughs> exactly the same way I feel about that beer, man. Oh, dude, like, it's like you it's, can only have like three or four, and that's it. it, you, <laughs> that's get it, it. you get three or four in, you're like, oh, man, I got, what else is in there? You Not know, if you're like, Ryan Oaks. If you're Ryan Oaks, you've upgraded from natural light. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan's a whole different animal. That's... Uh, <laughs> Oh man, there's that's... Kirkland beers and stuff like that. Like there's some, there's, you know, there's some low budget beer. I'll tell you, there's you, some definite low budget beer. You, you know what, man? More with beer than whiskey and stuff. I can go, I can go really bottom shelf to the high shelf with beer. Um, I mean, I can do anything really from your basic domestic. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I like PBRs too. I, I, you know, whatever Miller. Yeah, Dan. But... Dan will have himself a Genesee. No. I'll, oh yeah, I'll have a Genesee. Yeah, Genesee Brewery. Absolutely. Dan, I don't know if you remember this, but me and you had a beer tour one night at Bill's house as he passed out on the couch. And we bought like 12 beers each, like different IPAs, different brands, different beers. And me and you were like devoted to like tasting each one. Oh, yeah. It lasted until like four o'clock in the morning. 
Oh, we were committed. Absolutely. We, you know, we, we were don't committed. Do, we don't do things half-assed. We go all the way in. Uh, you know, so uh, yeah, with beers, it's really. I mean, I, I'm with Bill too. I'm, it, you know, an IPA guy mostly. Uh, you yeah. know, I love the old Green Flash one. I mean, um, oh, yeah, Pliny, Flash, Pliny right. the Elder, of course. Uh, but you know, Lagunitas yeah, but, as well. Ballast Point. Does anything sound better than like just? Oh man. Right. Dude, right on cue. Look at hey, like does hey man, anything I, sound I, better than that? I got I got Lagunitas little something IPA in cans yesterday. Okay, yeah, they, they do make Lagunitas in cans now. I saw that. Yeah, Trevor, you know my Angel City. Your timing is uncanny, now. my friend. Uncanny timing right there. <laughs> perfect timing for that. And I knew that it was like let's get this right because that sound when you hear it, it's like a, like a little like beacon of hope. It's like oh the alarm went off. There's a beer around here somewhere. Yeah, I swear, <laughs> I swear, I can hear people in my apartment building, like where it's like they crack open a beer like three doors over, and I like peek in the hallway, like, are they gonna invite me? Is it okay? <laughs> like, is it you, beer time? You just saved Don a few minutes from finding that sound too on the internet interweb <laughs> somewhere to interject that in there. Uh, Little foley so, work. Yep. So, you know, I, I'm definitely a whiskey guy too. Um, I've turned you know. into a tequila guy. I was a whiskey bourbon guy, but like throughout this whole thing, being home so much, I think I was like, I'm going to up the ante and crazy. There you go. My life and going loco. <laughs> so I'm, I'm just like, let's go. He's going to, he's going to go with the quattro. He's going to, I went the quattro. <laughs> oh dude. I, I, I pour like I do doubles. I do the quattro when I do the pour, which also bill kind of like a good little name for the kid because I'm pouring quattros over here, not doubles. I'm pouring, yeah. pour, Bill, pouring right. the, the quattros. Bill, we're already dedicating drinks to your son, so I think you're going to need to, uh, you know, get busy on that. Don't, well, don't look, you can find one in Ohio somewhere, but it wasn't me. <laughs> this, oh man, I, I I love it. So you know, I guess we have a lot in common. Me and Bill have more in common than just being bald guitar players in Weapon X. So, you know, it's our drink choices and many other things. So uh, that is a very specific group. Like you guys could start a whole little like subculture group of bald guys who play guitar in Weapon X. Oh yeah, right. oh man, yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, we're 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 powered by baldness, man. Well, and, uh, we had James D on the drums. We were getting pretty damn close. Yeah, we were almost there. We had three oh, out man. of four. <laughs> that's true. I didn't even think of that. But that's pretty. Uh, yeah, that, that was a that was a specific thing there. Oh yeah, yeah. We had a, I, hair, our hairy people like a, a chance not to. Not to join Weapon X. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you got hair, you got a strike against you, but we will, we'll, you know, you you come in strong enough, we'll let you in. There's been okay. some been some glorious locks that have also I was graced say, our Chooch, stages. Chooch has a good head of hair, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah D- Dave Dave does too. And yeah. uh, I mean, Karthik. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude, Marco. Marco's like us. Right, Marco. Yeah, it was it was it was three three bald white guys and an Indian man with a great head of hair. <laughs> yeah, Weapon X is like the ultimate melting pot, man. It's like how many different folks from around the in, in different ethnicities can we fit in this band? And it's well, just what, it, yeah. It should be the hope. Like cuz I always like think if I was in a band like cuz I'm not in a band. I never I had a band in high school that we were really bad. Although, believe it or not, we won second place in Battle of the Bands. And I have no idea how that nice. happened. Nice. I, don't, I have no idea how that happened, but uh, their popularity you, contest. Your singer you kinda, was sucking someone's dick. Sure, <laughs> but you kind of want to have a band like that's like bigger than the band itself that goes on and transcends time. Like, Kiss will never really like not be Kiss. Like, I bet there'll be members jumping in, like, and you know, kind of carrying on. Like, 
you kind of want that band to always kind of grow. Like, and Weapon X could be a band that just goes on to the end of time. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. just alternate it, bring in new people. New people get shuffled out. Old people come in and fill in. Like, could always be well, there. That that's kind of like what's going on now. We have a Dropbox with um, Weapon X members. I mean, obviously, like you know, me and then and Bill, the, the most tenured guys, and sure. and. Uh, Bill being with us this long, but we, we, you know, we got the monster out there in New York, Josh on guitar as well, coming in and bringing the youthful energy there. We got, you know, two amazing drummers right now, currently in the roster, one in New York city, Charlie, Charlie's yeah. a beast. And then we got Marco in LA, um, you know, Karthik on bass is, be, you know, becoming a regular, he's been a regular guy with us now and, and he'll be staying with us. So yeah, it's cool. And then, you know, we got Ryan still and, didn't Adossi, my friend Adossi, know one of he he knew? Oh yeah, I think he knew Marco. In, he knew Marco. He was like, yeah, I, like oh yeah, I was in a band with Marco before, like kind of thing, or like he knew. And it was just one of those things. Where it was like, oh yeah, like the music industry like has so many you know close connections. It's just unbelievable. Well, right? I was gonna say we're we're all whores, but we're actually sluts because we don't get paid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, you know, that's that and that's a lesson to anyone getting into music, especially independently. Uh you have to have that that passion above all. If you don't have that love of doing it, I mean, there's a lot of other things you could be doing that are gonna pay you better. My my music that. my music producer Greg said it the best. He goes, If you can do anything else, <laughs> do it. <laughs> He goes, you have to love this so much and that there is no yeah. other option for you. Yeah. You because just, if you yeah. can do anything else, do it. Yeah, right. But going back to what I was going to say, and I wanted to say it earlier, one thing that I thought was really cool is that show in Santa Ana that I went to with Bill is there was a young, a younger boy, I think he's like, was he like 16 now? And he was actually one of your students. And then he was also one of Bill's students. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tristan, yeah, yeah. yeah Tristan. He's, he's in college. Yeah, he's in college, but he was incredible. But you guys had like taught him since he was a young kid, like. Well, Dan did. I, I only taught him like maybe twice, well, he was two or three times. One of the bands playing at the show, which was really kind of a cool thing, where it was like, it went from every kind of music and every kind of you know, age group, and it was just completely a, you know, an open show. There's a little bit of something for everybody. Yeah, yeah, that and that's the thing with American Warrior. It's it's kind of almost like early Rick Rubin philosophy, where right. Um, you know, people at first, they're like, they're trying to wrap their head around it. Like I've seen a jazz band right after a metal band at your show. And like, you know, what are you guys doing with this, with the uh, genres? And I said, well, we're multi-genre. We really like to just have music in general that, that moves us. But I said, there is a brand that goes along with it. Uh, yeah. if it's country, it's going to be like your Johnny Cash, your Hank three. If it's rap, it's going to be kind of like. Your, your Wu-Tangs and Public Enemies, the stuff that's really kind of edgy, hard, gritty, ugly, you know, like re rebellious, yeah. where, I mean, how much difference is there between uh, Johnny Cash and, um, you know, Phil Anselmo or, you know, just that's not, you know, the best the best comparison, but just the delivery, you know, a guy a guy like uh, Chuck D, the way he, he puts Absolutely. it hard into the mic. It's just an attitude. It doesn't matter what kind of music you're into. Yeah, it's the delivery. It's the. I, I told it. There's, there's that's this... what I loved is it was so authentic because it was that attitude and it was you know, 
it's important to have that stuff out there like that. But continue. I'm sorry. Right. Oh, no, no. That, that's that's great interjection there, man, because I, I know I was walking down, uh, you know, Venice Beach one time and, and a rapper came up, you know, selling some of his CDs. And I've always admired that hu- that hustle of going out there and doing sure. that. It's pretty amazing. But uh, he he goes, you know, check this out. And I said, well, before I before I listen to it or, or you know, before I, I buy it or whatever, I want to check it out. So I put, you know, put the headphones on and I. And I listened to it and I said, man, it's, I tell you what, I said, I'm a, I'm a concrete and graffiti guy, not a rims and bling guy, you know? And I said, this is what you do. You do it well. I'm just saying like, I just have to be honest with the art of it. You know, I wasn't going to bullshit the guy. I said, I I like the the concrete and graffiti, the, the, the character, the toughness, the authenticity. I'm not big on the material things, you know, the, the fancy rims, the the champagne glasses. I mean, of course, I love a good party, but that's not what gets me moving with music is material things. No, I'm the same way. I mean, and that that was part of the whole point of wasted. You know, the the idea was I want the every person's party song, not the not the you know this is my Bentley and this is my Rolex and you know right it you know rap rap at one point was rap sorry hip-hop at one point was uh revolutionary you know and now to me it's like you're a walking advertisement for stuff that most people will never have and don't need right right and and you know it's like i feel you have an opportunity to connect to people so much deeper and now like you said each to their own what they do with their art and and what motivates them but uh yeah you can you can be poison or you could be you know guns and roses Roses. yeah you can you can be drake or you could be public enemy i know which one i would pick exactly and and that's what i teach everyone when they come in to this company um they first start you know spitballing oh we're multi-genre we're everything to everybody at every time i'm like oh no 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 let's do let's Let's start talking. Pick pick a genre. I'll give you five, ten artists from it. Oh, I'm starting to get it, you know, and and we teach them that. And that's something where, I mean, there's Rick Rubin. He produced Slayer. Then he produced Beastie Boys and Public Enemy. And, uh, you know, the early days of that is a big philosophy behind what we do with our bands. So, uh, you know, I tell you what, gents, this was a, an amazing conversation. Um, I've had a had an awesome time and doing this with your friends i think we could do this for another three hours so probably you know as long as we had the drinks going right (laughs) well i mean i still got them going i don't know what you guys are doing Ah. yeah i'm still i just cracked open that beer i don't know if you heard it that's true that's true he he cracked open a beer and provided fully for you yeah exactly it was amazing so i tell you what you guys you know not only are bill and trevor just great friends of ours they uh they are part of our podcast team right right now which consists of you know myself don bill and trevor i mean so and we're going to grow that but uh so you're going to be hearing from them and seeing things from them over over the years so and you know you'll see bill and i with weapon x and multiple other things so um yeah really enjoyed having you guys on man and, and i hope you guys you know make the best of your 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 fourth of july tomorrow you as well. and you know yeah. have have a good day and enjoy it and uh yeah so we'll, we'll be talking to you guys soon so i want to anything you guys want to say on the way out here i just say happy fourth of july everybody um you know be safe don't get sick 
but maybe, you know, if you're not a vegetarian, have yourself a burger, a dog, and some brew. Keep the spirit alive, right? I'm with yep. Phil on that. And thanks, everybody, for listening and hearing every, you know, minute of this is important. I think Dan's such a great guy and Dawn's such a great guy that this is something that's truly special and it means a lot to me and is really close and near and dear to my heart. Thank you. Thanks, Trey. I appreciate before you, you guys go. Before you guys go, um, uh, if you guys want to uh, take a minute to let everybody know again, I know you did it earlier, but let, let everybody know where they can find you, Facebook, or your, your websites, whatever it is. Uh, if you guys want to shout out some things, go ahead and do that. And also, even though you're saying happy 4th of July to everybody, by the time you guys listen to this, it's, it's going to be, be a done. week after 4th yeah. of July. Yeah. So oh, yeah. happy late 4th of July. <laughs> right. Because yeah. this is episode three. Good, yeah, good we're, we're, we're actually recording this uh, 4th of July night or Eve, I guess, yeah. for me. Yeah. Uh, yes, but by the Eve. time you guys hear this, it'll be Uncle a week Sam's going to so. leave some money under your pillow. Right, exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, go ahead and take, uh, go ahead and uh, shout out, uh, you know, your websites, your uh, your social medias, whatever you guys want the people to find you at. Okay, cool. Okay, cool. Uh, you can find me uh, for my new project. It's is uh, BillScottBand.com. Um, if you need to find me uh, related to playing guitar or producing and engineering, it's just BillScottGuitar.com. And Trevor, just... And for me, uh, you can find Trevor Nystrom. Pretty much all my handles are Trevor Nystrom. At Trevor Nystrom, it's all Trevor Nystrom. So I'm the easiest person in the world to find, but you might not want to find me. That's awesome. And, and you guys will also have heard or be hearing some of uh, Bill's music here on this episode. So, and yeah, I'll send stuff over to you. Awesome. So I tell you what, gents, it, the pleasure was, was all mine here tonight. And, uh, you know, we're going to sign off. We want to thank Bill Scott and Trevor Nystrom for coming on. And uh, you guys have a, have a great one and we'll be seeing you soon. Sounds Take good, brother. Take care. Thank all you. Right. Take care. Here is Bill Scott with I Want to Get Wasted. Life is shit, let's 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 get wasted. I wanna get wasted, wasted. Life's a piece of shit, and I can't take it. If you're happy and sad, or drinking bad, so grab your glass and raise it. Smack your neighbor's ass, strip them naked. You don't have to think. Take a drink and we'll all get wasted. My money's running low. I can't afford no yeah, yeah. Order, click on the link for a $50 Craigslist. How? How? Oh no, oh no. Since I got no money, I can't afford no honey. I'm getting frisky with my bottle of cheap ass whiskey. Life's a piece of shit and I can't take it If you're happy or sad or drink it the bad So grab your glass and raise it Smack your neighbor's ass and strip them naked You don't have to think, just take a drink And we'll all get wasted It's a party, let's go don't forget the no snow and we'll get on a drink and hit on some sexy hoes. 
As always, thank you for joining us. This was episode four of the American Warrior Festival podcast. Be sure to join us next week for our very first music episode where we will feature American Warrior bands from throughout the country. Take care, friends. The American Warrior Festival podcast is brought to you by the Red Osier Landmark Restaurant, Oliver's Candies, Smoking Eagle Barbecue and Brew, the Firing Pin, Orcon Industries, Ken Barrett Chevrolet Cadillac, TF Browns, One LLP, Batavia Legal Printing, Gun Track App, and Amerahome Healthcare.